0: What's going on, Cowboys Universe? Welcome to another episode of the Late Night Hype. We back. We had a little week hiatus, but we are back stronger than ever with a special guest in the building who we're going here in a quick second. But gentlemen, are y'all ready? Let's go. Come on. Hey, KD, we like to bring it in with a little bit of a little bit of energy. That's what I tell everybody. I like it. I like it. That's right, y'all. That is the voice of the Cowboys Wire Managing Editor, K.D. Drummond. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, fella. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm very, I'm feeling really blessed to be here with y'all, uh, getting ready to turn the corner on this offseason. We got some things in, in the—they're still on the horizon, but they're coming closer. So I'm hoping that we're going to have a football season this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to another year uh, covering the Cowboys.
0: Positive. positive. vibes. Positive vibes. Yeah, positive. Yeah, <laughs> hell
2: yeah. <laughs> Positivity in the air. Lord, hear us now. What's yeah, up, Law Nation? Big Game yes, James. Man. How y'all
3: doing, man? Man, I'm faded. Fine, <laughs> like, blind. I'm getting this thing going one way or another. Let's go, baby. I'm I faded. I'm faded. Just listen to that song.
2: I'm faded. Faded. <laughs> Yeah, anybody
0: anybody else out there faded, we welcome it Okay, we're cool. Yeah, we we're
2: cool We faded, everybody mm. welcome
0: <laughs> Except for SI.com, they not welcome yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, they
2: ain't welcome And then
0: we're TMZ shot, shot,
2: shot, Shots, shots, shots,
4: shots Hey man,
0: w- real quick before we get into all the goods, man it's just real quick with the, the faded stuff Like, I mean, I know that's fluff And I know you guys don't really try to cover too much of that stuff But how how wonky was that, man? Man, it...
1: It's crazy, man. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's one of those things because y'all know me and anybody that follows, on, follows yeah. me on Twitter knows that I'm always mm-hmm. pro-player. Uh, anytime it comes to management versus player, I'm always going to be on the player side. Uh, that's just because how I'm built. And I'm all about privacy when it comes to you know what a player does off the field i don't know these dudes i don't think that a lot of people that talk about these dudes know them very well in order Mm -hmm. to talk about them Uh, i think a lot of people take liberties when it comes to athletes just because you watch them on tv or because you pay money to go see them in the stadium and you know you get in all their business but that was pretty crazy that that wow. ended up being put out there, you know, um, it, it just in, into the uh, into the Twitter sphere, into the uh, the internet, in the interwebs, as I as I used to call. Them. Um,
0: he he, like that one. Was... You, you know what it reminds me of, KD. You ever see American Pie, the first one? Yes. Remember when he left the webcam on when he was watching? Yes. It? <laughs> That's yes. what it reminds me. Of.
4: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: It's all. I forgot to turn it no. on.
1: <laughs> and you know. What, whatever you do to get yourself through the day recreationally personally mentally whatever you do that's your business you know and, yeah. and I, I don't really think it's something that um you know needs to be discussed on the level that it that it gets discussed um especially with the way laws are changing and even before laws laws for stupid you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, as far as how that was concerned but um yeah that was pretty wild to see all of that just kind of unfold over the last several days man it was it was pretty
2: wild to see Indeed. But well, right. I'd love to see anything with Zeke, any kind of controversy. You'd be thinking that, like, come on, Zeke. He it's <laughs> like he gotta be super on point, dog, because right. you do one tiny little thing, it's coming. And you know the weird the weird thing is.
1: Zeke gets the national treatment that a quarterback gets. Right. You know, yeah. That's, that's yeah. normally that's normally reserved for if a quarterback steps on the crack on the sidewalk, you talk about somebody mama back break. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. normally any little right. thing right. the quarterback does. That gets applied to Zeke. And it's really weird to see, especially because it comes from people that like, don't like running backs you know you want to get to that whole running backs don't matter but you know they matter enough that y'all care about every single thing that this man does mm-hmm. um, so you know he had a, a pretty rough week when it came to uh, media and, and, and well not, not media but things getting exposed about him uh, mm-hmm. we know about the, the lawsuit uh, with, with pool. And His lawyer said that the person was trespassing. I guess you know all, all that once went, went along with that, but um, you know, the brother seems to always be in the thick of things, and you just kind of wonder why it's always about him. Mm-hmm. And other people seem to get passes that he doesn't, oh, get, man. you know, yeah, uh, it, it, it's really interesting to see. And I, and I don't know, I don't, I don't well, want to speculate on why, but.
0: Well, we know one of the biggest reasons why, and it's that big, shiny, blue thing shaped like a star that's on his helmet. You know, yeah, no, yeah, no. If he played for yeah. the that, Jaguars, nobody would care. Yeah, that's that's part of it. That's
1: part of it, and I think, but but again, like that doesn't get that
2: yeah, yeah. kind
1: of scrutiny, and that's and no just other, weird. and no
2: other, and like no other like, running back, right? Like they, no, they, no,
1: they wait for him.
2: Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. No other running back gets the scrutiny that he gets. Uh, and the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys doesn't get the scrutiny that he gets. Um, it's just, it just seems to be one of those things that when he came out, and you know, uh, obviously the accusations um, that they, he was never prosecuted for, and right. the NFL investigator said, I, "I don't believe this woman to be credible for us to oh, pursue man, that anything." Was
3: that's what but, we really need to find. We'd we find Kia Roberts, man. She she don't help. <laughs> hey, right? look. Hey, hey. Stand up. Hey, yes, you know- please.
1: Seriously, because everything has stemmed from those accusations. Right. Everything that mm-hmm. he's dealt with has basically been that cast him in a bad light. So everything else that happened. Now, I'm not saying that the brother right. hasn't done anything worthy of being talked about, but the lingering effect of everything he does, it's like. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just don't like the dude. And he and by all accounts, he seems like a really good dude. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. and, and you're just sitting here watching and like, why does everybody seem to have it out for this dude? But sometimes that's, that's people's burdens to bear. And um, fortunately, the Cowboys did the smart thing. They paid him money. I know I'm in the minority of people that talk about, uh, you know, salary cap and contracts and all that, that that does think that Ezekiel is a far better more consistent, more reliable running back than all of the other ones that he's compared with. I -hmm. think he is the only one that is worth the money. For the most part, I do believe that running backs probably don't need to get paid, Uh, but he is consistently in the top three or four running backs every year that he's been in the league. Uh, Even the year that he was suspended Mm -hmm. for six games on a per game basis, he was still one of the top two or three running backs in the league. Um, He's dependable. He hasn't missed games for injury. Uh, The Mm -hmm. only real risk that you have with him is if he is going to run a foul of the NFL and get suspended again. But if a player is suspended, they don't get paid, and it, and you get that money back on the salary cap. So it's like a wholly different thing. If you have a running back that has injury concerns and you mm-hmm. pay him a lot of money, then that's dumb because if they get injured, you still pay him. The Cowboys ended up paying Sean Sean Lee like over eleven million dollars worth of salary for games that he never played in. Over the wow. course of his career, $11 million they paid to Sean Lee based on salary that for games that he never played. The seasons that he missed, the games in each year he missed, those are, right, yeah, $11 million that you, you know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, you couldn't have given it to somebody else. You would have rather have had Sean Lee playing those games. But the fact still remains that if Ezekiel were to get suspended, the Cowboys mm-hmm. then get a, a refund, basically. Uh, they don't have to pay him. They get some of the signing bonus back that they paid him, and and they get the money back on their cap. So signing him to that uh, contract was much smarter than signing somebody that's missed games. And you see the rest of the top guys, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, all of those guys had injury concerns of a pretty significant level before they got paid. Mm. Ezekiel didn't have any of that. So that's why I always say that he deserved the money more than anybody else. So fortunately, he got paid. And and if you got, you know, that many millions of dollars, you know, screw what everybody else was talking about Nothing to be bombs. real, <laughs> to be real. You get $90 million, I really don't care what you say. <laughs> so- well, well, let me ask you this though. <laughs> and, and
3: let me talk about the uh, the hidden money that he didn't get paid. Can you make speculation for the nation on how much money he lost because of the allegations happened his first year and the second year. How much money, because we don't see Ezekiel Elliott on commercials, right? Right, We don't see Ezekiel Elliott doing these quick uh, deals around Dallas area. Right, now see that circles back around that if
1: he didn't get in trouble uh, you know, if he didn't run a foul of the NFL Shield, I'll, I'll call it that because I can't even say he got in trouble. If he didn't run sideways of the NFL Shield, I think that he would have had those big-time endorsements because he is that kind of um that kind of star attraction you know there's just something about that guy the same way all of the negative attention seems to draw to him if he didn't have that first domino effect that kind of led to all of that i think he could have turned that into a positive spin and i think there could have been a lot of endorsements in uh you know national programs that he didn't end up getting because of that he probably could have been the famous running back. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's kind of been phased out over the course. Uh, You know, we really haven't had that many big time star running backs, uh, you know, as far as um, outside of the football world, you have stars, uh, you know, that we've had a myriad number of stars uh, that play running back, but actually that could capitalize on that and get the big time time endorsements. I think he could have done that, but yeah, that was stolen away from him. And I'll, I'll reserve judgment on whether or not the person who accused him wanted to put that kind of damage to him, but that was the effect of the accusation that was that was levied against him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, here's my thing about about the Zeke getting paid thing. I, I think he definitely deserves it. I just am a little bit upset that it came a couple years before it needed to, uh, because I, I, you know, two years out, brother, I mean, we, we could have paid Dak with that, in my opinion, and could have been done with this whole thing, but that's a whole nother conversation. Bro. Well, that's I mean,
1: we 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 can go there because I mean they could still pay back now.
4: I yeah, mean, yeah, they, them,
1: they they they're can. they're paying them they're paying them 31.4 million dollars on the salary cap right now as opposed to, you know, a much lower figure if they had given him, uh, you know, if he had a long-term contract. And uh, we all know the signing bonus, you give a guy a big signing bonus, it's spread out evenly over the first five years of the deal or four years in the case of what Prescott is trying to get. So you give him a big signing bonus, to gets spread out over the cap. And that basically you can push off a major, major uh, cap hit for one or two years, depending on how uh, you – depending on how you deliver the rest of the, the rest of the contract, the rest of the years of the contract. So giving Ezekiel the money early really didn't preclude them from paying Dak. They paid other people, um, you know, along the way they paid uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, they paid Lyle Collins. Um, they paid Jalen Smith, the Jalen, they paid Jalen Smith early. Yeah. Uh, if, right. if you're going to complain about paying somebody early it, <laughs> for me, it would have been Jalen Smith. Everybody who follows me know that I like Jalen, um, I, I like the game that he brings, but I I, I still worry about his long term viability. Um, I still worry about him being able to cover. I yep. think he's much better coming downhill than going backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they paid that, him. They, yeah, they they paid him. Um, you know, a, a pretty significant chunk of change now. The Cowboys are always smart about how they structure deals. That's the one thing I will never take away from them. They structure deals in a way that, um, you know, defers some costs. And basically what they did with Smith was they knew that he had uh, the year remaining and then the uh, restricted free agency uh, year that was that was going to be on top of that. So they kind of structured the money as far as his guaranteed to basically cover that. And if things go absolutely sideways, they have ways to get out of that contract.
2: Um, Which they usually they do. Yeah, with with I mean, it's pretty much with all of them. D
0: law usually I can mean, get out. but yeah. well, my thing though, no, like KD, D, about
2: three years,
0: with, with with the with Zeke getting paid when he got paid. I love this analogy that Boss Cowboy used. It's like he they paid the electric bill before they paid the mortgage. You know what I mean? Like the the house right now, the, the mortgage is Dak. That's your future. The electric bill, you ain't got no house, and electric bill don't matter. So why are we playing this game with with Dak? Just get that out the way and worry about Zeke. In my opinion. In my opinion, I would have let if Zeke wants to sit out, and and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think we'd have been just fine playing against Miami and and the Giants with Tony Pollard for those first few weeks.
1: Let's let's look at it this way: When did when when Ezekiel Elliott signed his contract? He was uh, what was what was that right before training camp?
0: Yeah, literally the week before. Right when Zeke week before the season. Right, right week
1: week week before the season. Mm -hmm. They could have signed Dak Prescott in all of that time. Yeah, I agree. They, did, they, they didn't have to wait to see what was going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott in order to pay Dak Prescott. They chose not to.
3: Well, let me ask you this, though, KD. Was that a lot of smoke and mirrors when they said they offered him that $35 million contract and then his agent kind of like, well, let's see what we do against the Miami. Let's see what we do against this uh, Washington team, whatever the first few games. And then they kind of like said, nah, the price tagged and went up is that the true accurate story or just a lot of smoke and mirrors they didn't really give him a contract
1: i i don't don't like to speculate on that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. my lane that that my lane that i drive in is more so analysis as opposed to being an insider uh so i don't like to speculate on whether or not an offer was made Uh, we've heard the reports that they they offered him somewhere in the 30 million dollar range um and, and that it was rejected what we don't know it's easy to talk about 30 million dollars but what we don't know is how much at the time was guaranteed uh how much they you know were front-loaded how much was back-ended all of those sorts of things are very significant when it comes to negotiating the contract you can talk about the average annual value all you want you that's the easy number for people to digest oh they're talking about paying that 35 million dollars a year but if they're offering 20 million less guaranteed than what carson went scott that's not mm-hmm. a good contract you know what I'm saying? So all of those things start, start to roll into. So I really don't know what they offered Dak besides the report that it was $30 million that they offered in September, but I don't know the structure of it and I don't know if they were insisting on it being six years. We don't know, you know, we don't know those sorts of things. Prescott is very smart. His agent, Todd France, is very smart. They know what's going to happen with the uh, salary cap. This is pre-COVID. COVID mm-hmm. changes everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But pre, pre-COVID, they knew that the salary cap was going to jump. Uh, I wrote an article uh, as part of my uh, manifesto series in the off season, talking about what happened with the NBA the last time that they renegotiated their TV contracts. And you see pay- players in the NBA Ooh. that are making $40 Mazga. million dollars a year. Like, yeah. dude, like, <laughs> I mean, well there's dang. people that people Not that you've never well heard dang. of. Like, Mike, I mean, the, Mike Conley. He ate
0: Nick Batum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. There,
1: there, there's people that you've literally never heard of making $18 million a year in the NBA. Yeah. You know I'm like saying? So that's, man. Right. <laughs> right. And, and he's a spot up shooter. So give him $18 million. <laughs> like that man can't even run. He can't even run backwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't play no defense, but $18 million. So that's what's about to happen to the NFL or at least was before COVID hit. So everybody that saw what happened with the nba and the exploding salaries knows that the nfl is going to turn around and do the same thing so dak and his agent want the short-term deal they, they're like okay we're ready to get paid we've been underpaid mm-hmm. since day one uh jared goff over the the first four years of their career jared goff has made 40 million dollars more than than dak prescott Ooh, carson Wentz has made 30 million dollars more mm-hmm. than dak prescott over the first four years of their career and you're telling me that man don't deserve no back pay Oh, you're does. telling me you're you're <laughs> telling me he don't deserve no back pay for that? So, of course, he's like I can't get back pay. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to zoom past Russell Wilson or any of these guys, but if I'm going to sign this deal, you're going to pay me you know, a, a number that's going to fit what the salary cap is going to look like at the end of my contract. If you want to add that fourth year or whatever the case may be, the fifth year that Dallas mm-hmm. so desperately wants to do, it's going to have to be at a, a ridiculous sum of money because everybody knows where the cap is going to be. $40 million a year for the quarterback by the time Dak Prescott ends his uh, ends his next contract is going to be nothing. It's going to be the standard for people, you know, the, for the mid-level guys are going to be getting near 40 million dollars at that point you know the number eight nine ten quarterback in the league not necessarily a top five like what Dak is so of course he wants to go ahead and guarantee that he's going to get that money because he's been shortchanged this entire time and don't talk to me about oh he's a quarterback of the Cowboys he has all of these I hate that damn endorsement I don't want to hear that
2: shit I don't want to hear that what is shit
4: that?
1: <laughs> anything that you lazy. make field is for you that I don't right. care if they, right. you know that the Cowboys make more money because they're the Cowboys you know what I'm saying right. so how are you going to say that the, the, the players don't deserve to make any more money because they get the you know the endorsement deals because of the Cowboys the Cowboys make more money and KD because of the Cowboys. you yeah. know who didn't
0: yeah. help who, who didn't help out the players with that and it it's Jalen you were just talking about it. Jalen Smith, at the At the time he signed his contract, one of the first few things yeah. he said was, man, one of the main reasons why I signed because I want to get in business with Jerry Jones. He bought that snake oil mm. pitch that Jerry sold him. Hey, man, if you take this deal, you'll make an extra $25, 30000000 yeah. off the field over the, the length of this contract. He bought it. And the first thing he said was, I want to work on my business, and this is the person I yeah. want to work on it with. Come all on, dog. Fans,
2: all the fans heard it and said, hey. Yeah.
0: That's not, that's not they, the reality. they
1: expect it. And and they and they expect it from everybody else. The the weirdest thing, uh-huh. the weirdest thing that I see, is how fans side with ownership. Oh, you
3: yeah. reading my mind? Oh, because hey, hey KD, you know, I was just about to go there. I was just about to go there. We don't even, we don't even
2: like ownership Ooh. at our own damn jobs, dog. And dog. we we be hating management, but now we all of a sudden we want to be like, no, no. Take you
3: a discount. You make. means less. You break it, may, it down, KD, because wait, we all fab. We was talking about <laughs> this. Let's go ahead and pull the scap out. Let's go ahead and pull alcohol on his womb it, to it, let it, everybody it know how these owners are just getting away with murder, basically. Just break it listen, down, Katie. Listen, break listen, listen.
1: The owners have pulled the wool over the eyes of the uh, of the fans for so long. Mm. They charge all these ridiculous costs, and, and it, it's in the fans' head. I pay so much for tickets that you guys should take less in order to play us a game. That, that's basically what people think. You guys should take less to so that they charge me. The owners are going to keep raising those prices because y'all keep paying. If the stadium didn't fill up, the owners wouldn't keep raising, raising the raising the uh, prices on tickets and concessions and all of that kind of thing. That They do that because they can get the money out of the fans. In turn, the players make more money because it's contracted that the uh, salary cap is a portion of revenue. It, has not, it, it doesn't work in the reverse. It's not that the owners charge more money because they have to pay more players. The owners charge more money and now they have to pay players higher salaries because it's a function of how much money the owners bring in. But, but the fans blame the players. And there's right. a whole myriad of reasons that they do that, who they see, what they see in the players when they look at them. All of those things tend to be factors in people Pocket watching players and not worrying about the owners. It's it's some weird thing about capitalism that everybody thinks that the person at the top of the food chain is worthy of making as much money as possible, and nobody else should be able to cap to to be able should be able to capitalize on their own earning potential. It's a very weird dynamic, and we're talking about people that are making like sixteen dollars an hour and complaining about their life. And then turning around and seeing another person and saying, you shouldn't be maximizing your value. If you were one of the top 500, 3,000 people of your profession, I'm not just talking about in your company, because some people aren't even the top 500 in their company and they're having these complaints. But if you have the talent of what these NFL players do, there is nobody in the world that can do what they do. It's literally, what is it? 50 people per team. Right. If it, you know, call it 60 people for a team and then you have uh, 32 franchises. So you're talking about, you know, roughly about 2000 players on a given year that are in that are in the league that are capable of doing what these dudes do. Of course, they deserve to get as much money as possible. The physical toll that they, that that is, uh, you know, that is taken out of their body, the the short amount of time that they have to earn. If you're going to be a guy that's worth more than the uh, the minimum salary, if you're going to be a guy that's going to be in the, year, in the league for five years, seven years, ten years, and really earn your stripes, get as much money as possible because the owner, no matter what you say, is taking a bigger percentage of what you're worth. As an individual player, each individual player, the owner is taking a much higher percentage just for being able to pay you. And that's really what it comes down to. You own a team because you have money. It's not necessarily that you're good at it or anything. Like the Cowboys haven't won anything in, in thirty years, so it's yeah. obviously not that Jerry Jones is a great, uh, you know, a, a great uh, football man. Uh, they haven't won. He's a great marketer, but he's not a great football man because the proof is in the pudding. They haven't won. But these individual players are great, and they deserve to make as much money as they possibly can. And for people to side with the guy that the guy that funds it as opposed to the guys that do it, it's just it's a weird uh, dynamic to me. It's really weird.
2: Super wow. weird. Hey, let me ask you this quick, uh, uh, KD. Since you were talking about that, we always keep hearing, well, I be hearing, so is Dak the Black Kirk cousins? Oh, my God. Don't, <laughs> I I just, I'll just throw it out there. I Why can't, not? I, can't believe <laughs> like I mean, I mean.
0: Look, if, if, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I
3: can't. That's oh, my black. That's my black cousin. <laughs> look,
0: that's that's from a Texan fan. A Texan fan comes on our streams, okay, all the time, and he talks this mess about Dak being the black Kirk cousins. His name is Eastside Harold. Eastside.
1: <laughs> well, look, shout, shout out to Eastside because you just cracked me up, man. He's he's not he's not the black Kirk cousins. I don't like Kirk
2: Cousins, man. If you, you feel me, I don't. but like, everybody's I, looking at that deal though, you feel he me? He
3: won only four primetime games, I believe, four, four or five. Oh, man. And, they, and they were
1: recent, and they were, and they were recent. See, li- listen, Kirk, yeah. I called Kirk Cousins, Kirk Grossman for the entire yeah. time that he was in uh, Washington.
4: Uh,
1: he, he was ooh, see, the Rexy. most, listen, he was the most overrated dude. And everybody just kept talking about how great this guy was and his arm talent and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, but the dude can't win he, he can't win and that's never been Dak's problem Dak has never finished below 500 in his, in his career he's you know this was the worst season and we all know that 2019 wasn't a normal season it definitely yeah. wasn't Dak's fault mm-hmm how the Cowboys looked they were playing for a lame duck coach everybody knew that he was a lame duck coach the whole Ooh. staff was on notice um you know they lost their locker room leader when when Jerome Crawford got injured the defense went in disarray we we hear the stories all the time I know Michael Irvin talks about all the time how the hell could uh Bennett, Bennett. come into the locker room <laughs> and take control now hmm. if y'all want to really talk I mean that's an indictment on Demarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith to
3: be honest with yeah. you. yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that, that what we, already talked. we've been uh, right talking now. about
2: that, Katie, especially okay. Jaden Smith.
0: Tell me if I'm wrong yeah. right now.
3: Hey, hey hey not, dog, uh, D-Law alone. Hold on, though, hold on. Hey.
0: D-Law's not up now. Listen, bro. I talked about it on hey, a lot of the shows. That, D-Law, not
1: leader, D-Law and Michael Bennett is in the same position group, dog. You know what I'm saying? That, that D-Law group is in the same room. So doesn't if, it, if Michael Bennett is speaking up, he's speaking up over Tank.
0: Doesn't it feel like McCoy is yeah. doing the same thing? Gerald yeah, McCoy yep. seems like the leader right now on that D-line. Yep. I mean, I, again, yep. granted, it's it's all talk right now, but it just feels that way. And we hear right. one of McCoy's strengths is being a leader in that locker room. And I think he's going to come in and he's going to take over that uh, leadership role for Tyron. Because a lot of people say, hey, man, Tyron's going to stick around because he's a leader. Well, do you really need him if you got McCoy for that role, I mean? So, you know, there's other players out there you can replace Tyron with. And I think we're going to talk about one here in a quick I, second.
1: I, I think I, I've been one of the biggest advocates. Um, it was funny, you know, back when I first started writing. Uh, you know, I, obviously I was with BTB at first, and then I switched over to uh, Cowboys HQ. Helped set that website up and and and, and ran with it until um, I moved on to the USA Today Network with Cowboys with Cowboys Wire. Congratulations, when, by
0: the way, man! You come up, beast. Thank you, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate your writings.
0: That. Is off the hook. Yes. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that, man. It, it's it's. It, it's really surreal to, to have done uh, the journey that I have going from, you know, the fan post at BTB. I don't yeah. know if, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in the fan post,
0: fan posting. Listen, <laughs> listen, that, that's
1: where I started. I, I started back in 2010, the beginning of the season. I was doing a weekly fan post where I ran a contest, a contest called KDP's uh, 10 for 10 where I basically, uh, it was like basically like a gambling contest. You had to pick 10 of the NFL games on the slate and however many you got right for the week, that was your total. And it was like a season long contest and I was doing giveaways and all that kind of stuff. And that led me to be on the front page. So a, literally a contest, I used to have a, um, a, a beautiful girl of the week I used to have the ten, <laughs> the ten for ten contest, and then I would have a then I would have a summary of the weekly Cowboys game. That was my column that I did every every week. I did that same column, uh, and then after about eleven weeks, uh, the the uh, managing editor of BTB was like, "You want to write on the front page? Hell, y'all want to write on the front page, right?" <laughs> so, <laughs> So basically, that that led me to a place where I started working with uh, Fish, uh, Mike Fisher on Cowboys HQ. We ran that site together. He tapped me up, and he was like, you know, hey, I'm getting ready to run this site uh, for this network. Would you be my, you know, my my lead writer? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. And mm-hmm. you know, offer me a little bit of change. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, we he started doing that. But, you know, Fish had the connections uh, with the Cowboys. So when mm-hmm. I would start diving into the salary cap, he would take my uh information and run it past members of the front office um you know they're there, there there were a handful of people mm. so i was actually getting feedback on the things that i was saying about this is a good salary this is a bad salary this is a good way to handle this sort of thing i was getting feedback from people in the organization through fish nice so yeah. when they signed when when tyrone crawford was up for his deal and i wrote a lengthy article and I said, this dude is worth $4 million, $4.5 million a year. I got laughed at. Mm. Fish told me. Fish told me. He came back. He's like, man, I told them your thing. And they laughed. They said, there's no possible way that he's going to sign for that. I said, yeah, but that's what he's worth. And then he, <laughs> came, and then, then he came out. And he was like a three sack guy, three sack a year guy, four sack a year guy. Yeah. Now, he's a great leader, but... Yeah. I'm paying for production, you know, you, as far yeah. as the contract that they signed, they signed him to a hefty contract and he's never lived up to that contract until 2018, 2018 was, was Crawford's best year. Yep. And 9. he, you know, 5 he had five, sacks. exactly. He had 5.5 sacks. Career exactly. High. Career high. But it was, it, but you could really see his value when you broke. Yeah. It wasn't just the numbers because sacks are overrated right. in general, yes. uh, but
2: he does a lot of
1: He does all the little things. And you saw the way that he won and was commanding double teams. And he, he was a big reason why tank had the year that he had because Crawford was such a force moving up and down the line, but Mm -hmm. he just, the, the contract never fit his production. Even if you're going beyond just the stats and looking at the, you know, the other thing that he did, it just didn't match what it was. Um, But you know, he's a, he's a great dude. He was a locker room leader then he had the weird year where he got arrested for the brawl and then his hip yeah. surgeries and all that and it just and but the, you saw what happened the defense just they didn't have they, they were rudderless I guess that's the best yeah. way yet. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly they, they were rudderless without him so I think losing him the Cowboys took the offseason they said let's get another leader in here for the defensive line hence looking for guys like Gerald McCoy to, to make sure that they were covered in case Crawford was going to get cut. And I believe the reports came out that he was, they talked to him about a pay reduction. Like, you know, if if you're going to stick around it for this last happened. year, but it never happened because they didn't need mm-hmm. you. They still have $11 million right. worth of salary cap space. So I think that's still in their back pocket. If they didn't have the offseason that they did, where they were able to get the bargains on guys like, not really bargains, but get quality players that they hope can achieve. A little bit better than what they did last year in terms of Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy, who they didn't have bad years with Carolina, but I mean, they were the Carolina DTs, and Carolina's defense really wasn't that good. So there's still a little bit of buyer beware, you know, with those guys, but
0: individually they were good.
1: Yeah. Individually they were good, but could you wrap an entire team around them as far as being? Uh, the, the, cor- the the focal point yeah, of no. what your defense is trying to do. Exactly. KD,
3: is it enough though? Is it enough? Would you just lock him out of the house and say okay, you gone. I'm going to go send this money over to Everson Griffin or this Dave and Young Clowney. Would you just go ahead and do that and wash your hands with it and be done with a Tyrone T.C. Crawford?
1: I would for Griffin, but not for Clowney. I, I would for Griffin. Griffin, Griffin Griffin's guys, uh, my guy. But, on that, yeah. but 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 go. But is go it ahead, because of the injury? Wide. Is it
2: because of the injury issues with Clowney or it just? It's part like, of it. it. I just it, it's feel it's like he's of a little. I'm not saying he's overrated. Before everybody's hyping him, you get what I'm saying? Just like Skywalker said, me and him talked about it. Ever since Griffin is just more the well-rounded player as far as just. It just seems like he's more well-rounded all the way around. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. He I think he's a better, better pass runner. rusher too. He, he, he he's a he's a better
1: pass rusher. And Clown- don't get me wrong, Clowney can defend the run. He he's he's just an incredible athlete. So he can defend the run. But his his motor and his injury history are things that just kind of, you know, how some players just have something about them that it, it's just not catching. Yeah. That's kind of it with him. Like you look at him and you break down each individual aspect of a game, and you're like, okay, well, he's good at that. He's good at that. He's extremely athletic. Why isn't it all put together? Why
0: isn't he dominant? Why
1: isn't he, is why isn't he
0: a 15-set right, guy it, every
1: single day?
3: Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, so, it, <laughs> is it more to do like Randy Mouse when he played for the Raiders and then he went to the Patriots and he saw no the production, or is it just that this guy's just a bad apple? Clown? It, it clowny because we see yeah. when I turn on the tape, I see more of him going against the run. <laughs> he had two touchdowns last year, three fourth fumbles, and three. three He's sevens. a good player. That's solid. He is a good player, but is he a Spot
1: Star, and 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 what I mean by Spot Star is they have good highlights. You can find four to five plays a game where you're like, okay, that's a bad man. But if you look at, are you watching the whole games and getting that same impression of him, or if you watch the whole game and you're like, okay, well this dude disappears outside of these four to five plays, and I don't know whether that's the case. I haven't studied uh, Clowney's film but there's just something about him that doesn't jump off the page and his stats seem to prove it, you know, sacks on everything. But if you're a sack guy, eventually you're going to bubble up, right? Like one of those years, you're going to have a big sack here if you're a sack artist,
0: right? He but was a that, I don't I don't think draft he's draft pick too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was the first overall. So you are definitely drafting yeah. him to be a sack artist and yep. you know, he had yep. a career high nine and a half sacks before he went to Seattle in in, uh, in Houston, Oppo of yeah. Watt. See, here's the thing: people get upset because he's not having these bomb years opposite of Watt. I think that's what it is. But when you do go watch Jadavian Clowney, he funnels a lot of things inside. He's very, I mean, he's a top run defender. And here's here's one of the interesting stats I found out about him: um, D. Law is was one of the top rated guys when it comes to ratio to being double teamed and having right. the pass rush win rate. Guess who else was in that top five? Jadavian Clowney. Davian Clowney.
1: Yeah, so that's true. That's he true. He
0: gets to the quarterback. He's just not finishing at this elite rate. Finish but the reason why I like Clowney is I think he makes up for it uh, elsewhere. But with that said, KD, I am with you. Everson Griffin is my guy. I've been champion for Everson Griffin this whole damn offseason. I cannot believe he's not signed. I think it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The guy is not only good against the the, the run, he is great against the pass. He's a great pass rusher, man. Whether it be through power strength, uh, through hand placement, he's really good at getting to the quarterback. And anybody that plays opposite of D-Law, I think, is going to have a really good year. So I would love to go get him. So I'm with you. Everson Griffin, I'll take it with y'all too on
3: Everson Griffin.
2: I think the biggest thing when you're talking about even with Griffin, just like you said, I think the consistency with Clowney to me, I just feel like he runs hot and cold. And if you're trying to really go get over the hump, you can't get a guy that you're talking about grabbing and he wants some money too to be hot and cold. And they feel like, in my opinion, that Crawford is going to be consistent for him and you oh. can slide him in. That's why, why else yeah. why, why he's still on the team, uh, though? They, 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 they got to feel that way. They, and you heard when Bradus was on there. They said they love him because he man, makes man. people
0: accountable in the no, locker no, 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 no. The previous regime mm. loved him. It's a whole no sponsor new code, No sponsor well, no more. Yeah, right.
2: the previous, but he's still <laughs> on the squad at $9 million. Dollars, so obviously no somebody's still like him, him. right
0: now remember that well, listen, well, listen. Listen. So, but here's the July. thing hold, 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 ahead, hold, hold on, up, on hold go on hold
1: go on hold here, here here's the whole thing of how and we and we can dovetail this into a whole nother part of this of this conversation
4: mm-hmm.
1: COVID-19 changes mm-hmm. everything, everything though yeah if you can't get these guys in front of you to see how they work with everybody and to see their locker room dynamic you can't cut the locker room leader. The only person oh. that somebody can vouch for, the only person that anybody in the organization can vouch for as far as being a leader on that defensive line is Tyrone Crawford. So how is the new coaching staff who hasn't worked with any of these guys, hasn't gotten them on the practice field, how can they come in there and make a sweeping change and get rid of him for a maybe? Just And, and basically be for salary cap space because, again, they have 11 million dollars. You need three to four million dollars to go into the uh, the season with uh, to make sure that you can sign free agents in case of injury and all that kind of stuff. So three million of that 11 million dollars that's off the table. So now you're dealing with eight million. You have another mm-hmm. three three point one million that has to go towards your rookie uh, your your rookie salaries. Um, you know they'll knock off. The seven the seven draft picks will knock off the bottom seven guys on the top 51 the 53 man roster as far as salary cap is concerned so you really need only about three million dollars to say sign those guys so that leaves you at about five million dollars right now that the cowboys could go out and, and spend
4: mm-hmm.
1: the cowboys have signed other people after they, they signed Worley. and you know they they signed other guys that you're just like okay well okay, that's a nice, interesting signing, uh, you know, uh, Kennedy and Savion Smith. Yeah. And, you know, the, these these type of guys that they, that they signed, um, they're not necessarily difference makers, but they've used up money that the team could have used on another guy, on a more expensive guy, if that's the route that they wanted to take. But they ended up signing, you know, guys like Alden Smith and, and the Reclamation Project and, and that sort of thing. But the Cowboys have the ability to do whatever they want to but they have to be scared of messing with a dynamic when they don't have a chance to evaluate any of these guys. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't assume that Gerald McCoy is going to be the locker room leader if you can't get in the locker room. You just can't, you can't assume that he's going to mesh. What if McCoy and Tank, I'm just saying, this is, I'm not even speculating, I'm just using it as an example, what if McCoy and Tank don't get along well, and yeah. you need Teron Crawford to bridge that gap? You know what I'm saying? So all of these types of things are part of locker room building that you can't get a grasp on. You can't put a finger on if you can't work with your team.
0: That's why I don't think yeah. there's a need to cut him right now. Like it's pointless. You know, unless you're literally going to go out there and go get a Clowney or a griffin. But we know that's not the cowboy style. Now, if we get into training camp, Clowney and griffin are still out there. We get a couple injuries. They see, you know what, we don't need Tyron Crawford. Then maybe they make that move. But as much as we want them to go get a guy like that, that's just not their style right now. At this right now, right, now it's, right it, now it's not. Right now it's not. But let yeah. me
3: go ahead. No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, Katie, I was gonna say my medical insider over here, Jay. He was saying that pretty much, uh, Griffin is is a major medical situation with him. Just like you said. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. Yeah. He said that uh, basically uh, and he also have other treatment that the Cowboys will be reliable for if they sign him. So that is probably why they are waiting to push this thing out because of those things. That, that
1: makes perfect sense. That's something that I was going to speculate on uh, mm-hmm. earlier, and, and I lost track of it. When, when, when we were wondering why Griffin's not signed, it has to be something that's just not made public, uh, you know, as, as far as the reason why he hasn't latched on with another team. But let me put this bucket in y'all's ear when we're talking about things that you can do. Because mm-hmm. Teron Crawford barely played last year, they could easily, easily convert his salary, which is $8 million base salary, into incentive-based. And say, if you're on the game day roster, we'll, con- we'll give you a million-dollar base salary. And for every game that you're on the game day roster for, you get another 500000 So at the end of the year, he's still going to get his $8 million. But all of a sudden now, seven of that $8 million isn't on the cap right now. It actually hmm. gets added at the end of the year so that's what I, that's when i say the salary cap cap hell doesn't exist the salary cap is just a tool for the owners yeah it's it's a tool for the owners to tell the players that they can't pay them because they can do whatever they want to you convert terrone crawford to one million dollar base and then call everything else incentive you could easily create whatever room you need to sign an everson grifford it might not be enough to sign Judevian clowny because i think he still wants 60 million a year which I'd never pay that dude $60 million. A year.
3: <laughs> but but, but yes. word out there that Everson, he wanted Robert Quinn's money. That was the word. I, I don't know if it's uh, still positive now, but that's just how it goes. He wanted Robert Quinn's money. I think based on the fact that it's this late in the season,
1: and if what you're saying about there being medical concerns is true, I think Griffin's going to have to come in around $7, 8000000 uh, on oh. on like a one-year deal. And if it gets Ooh. to that point, if it gets to that point, you create the space. I don't mm-hmm. I don't care what you plan to do with Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. Yeah, you make you make that create happen. the space to get that, you make guy. that, you go get that guy. Yeah. yeah and you then you just have it you just have a deep ass rotation and you go win. That's what it comes down yeah. to. You go win. Hey, it's a one year deal.
2: So, make it happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then and even better. You do that, and if he proves himself and he's if he's healthy, then you get the comp pick like you're gonna get for Robert Quinn. So it's a win-win in all uh, in all directions. You sign him for a mid-level type of deal one year, then send him back out in the free agency, and then you get the
0: comp pick. So yeah, do it. Mm.
2: Yeah, D- I, do, it. D- do it. Do it. you got fire. I've
0: been championing this here. whole <laughs> go get go win the thing now, man. And if you can get an Everson Griffin on basically one year, that he's a hump player, yep. in my opinion. He's a guy that can help get you over the hump, man. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep, period.
1: I think so. I think so. And I think with Man, COVID has just changed everything.
2: Yeah, man, it just the, messed up everything, dog. The
1: hope the hope that I had for the Cowboys this season, I'm hella apprehensive right now because right. how do you implement a brand new coaching staff <laughs> without seeing your team before training camp?
2: Especially defense.
1: Like uh, you're changing everything. <laughs> like there Rod Marinelli, um, you know, and and I remember you guys were talking about this with uh with Hellman uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Rod Marinelli and his hatred of blitzing. Hatred, disdain, <laughs> absolute disdain. <He> said disdain. <laughs> what Mike Nolan is gonna do with these? Desi- I mean, they came and they talked about calling that one of the linebacker positions a designated pass rusher. That's beautiful to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But how well will that be implemented? if they don't have the season to work with it. Now, I right. think Jalen's a pretty smart guy. If, if we're going to pick Jalen as being the guy, everybody expects that to be his role, that he's going to be the guy that comes forward because that's what he does best. Uh, he yeah. has pass rush ability. He's going to fit that role. It's not going to be Sean Lee. Um, you know, and 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 we don't know what's going to happen with Van Der Hopefully, he's completely healthy and he's able to be what we hoped he was. Um, side note, I was watching the first game of the season last year against the Giants, and I mm. saw a play where his neck, the very first game of the season got shot back on a tackle it was friendly fire i think it was jeff heath it it, it might have been the giants
0: What was a pass and they ran into each other yeah
1: yep i'm almost positive that's why we didn't see a good late uh late vanderish all year yeah like very first week of the season i I think he kind of just kind of you know played it off and didn't want to tell
2: nobody right and and, and then
1: then he just couldn't take it no more so if if he's jeff heath oh go ahead i'm sorry (laughs) Listen. <laughs> he said
3: that damn goat. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: if but if that was the case and the surgery truly fixed Vander Esch, he's gonna have an All Pro season. If if he's healthy and think, the reason yeah, that the, the reason right. that we saw that 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 downturn was because he was injured from week one, then he's gonna have an All Pro season this year. So I think we can depend on him roaming the field and doing that. And then you find a home for Jalen and get him out of that middle linebacker role because thank
0: please. you, no, please I, I, Lord, don't, don't have him make no calls. So he can't I, run.
4: Listen, listen, KD, <laughs> that even, knee,
0: that leg is bad. Even beyond, even beyond that, that part of it, the physical part of it, I talked about on my state of the unit, the linebacker show. I said, Jalen, in my opinion, is not made to have that green dot on his head. He's a heat-seeking missile. Allow him to move forward, go see it, and go get it. And let LVE call the players, call the audibles, get people in line. And that's no offense to Jalen, but that's just not his game. His right. game is go see it and go. And, yep. and well, you, I'm, and you, I'm hey, hoping. Just bouncing off my, my bad, guy, I'm oh, cut you off. Uh, I just want to, just
2: bouncing off that, I also believe that you were talking about it yourself, and we have talked about about the leadership in that building. I really don't believe a lot of people were following that leadership of Jalen Smith. Yeah. I believe he self-proclaimed himself as a leader. If we watched last year, he was self-proclaiming himself yeah. as the new leader as the defense. He wow. proclaimed himself. But I didn't hear nobody else jumping behind Jalen Smith and saying he was the leader. Is,
3: is that you what Bennett was talking about when they were saying there saying? I'm just saying, hey, saying.
2: Is that what Bennett was talking about, KD? Look,
1: there, <laughs> there used to be a player, and I know you guys know this guy's name. Yeah. There used to be a player that Tried to convince himself that he was a badass. Mm. Mo Claiborne uh. used to kind of pretend. And you and you saw, you know what I'm saying? You know when you you know when you see a real dude and you see how they move
4: Man.
2: and he used to try to build himself up to be we're like that I'm a kind beast. I'm a beast. And we like, no, you're not. Watch yeah.
1: what happened when all of the cowboys on defense had a big play last year. Who was also in the picture doing their dance with them? Jalen.
0: Yep. Yo, okay. Like, no, what is you, that? You in my like head, he man. used young, he
1: used to he used to move in. He he no, he did the swipe. The swipe is his. But when Quinn used to do his cover strike, and you know, mm. when D Law used to pound it, like, dude, get your own thing. <laughs> let that man have his moment. <laughs> All, come on, like let that man have his moment. You you're
0: you're a good player. You know who Jalen is. But when, with that, Jalen is the girlfriend on draft day. When the when the player get drafted, oh. he try to grab the phone and, and, and the he, girlfriend not, and give the, me that. You see the one where the mama said, "Girl, get up off my son and let him have hey, his listen, moment." Listen, listen. That's Jalen, fam. Oh my god! Hey, look.
1: Cut hey, hey. Of
4: Jaylen,
1: first of all, shout out to that mama, because because between her. <laughs> Between her and CeeDee Lamb snatching the phone uh, back, and yeah, and then my, then my man that was in the old Spice Row, those were like the three best moments of the entire draft. Back. But she was like, She was like, Girl, get up off
0: get of my out. son. Like,
1: <laughs> this is his yeah, moment, so, that's Jalen, right? Exactly, you, exactly. You see exactly. the snake,
0: and here comes Jalen, snake. You see right, LVE, right. the how, here comes Jalen, how, Them damn black glasses. But the that but door, more, but the thing that annoyed what? me more than that. Is we're down by 18 points with two minutes and 15 seconds and left, swiping. and Jalen gets a tackle for one yard gain. And here he comes, yeah. Swipe, Oh, yep. We down 18, dog. Chill, yep. chill out, man. But yep. that's, in my opinion, that's part of that branding that when he signed that contract and he talked yeah. about building that brand, and, and, and say I don't care what anybody says, I think Jalen took that on the field. I really just yeah. do. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I, I, I 100 no
1: agree. I 100 yeah. agree. Yeah.
0: agree. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100
1: agree. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, and I know that. I mean, you see Jalen when he talks about his foundation and all the work that he's doing in the street. And again, I need to make sure that people understand. I don't talk bad about anybody as a person because I don't know these dudes. I don't know these dudes at all. I'm talking about what I see as far as they're on the field and Mm -hmm. how what they do in front of the camera, I think affects what happens on the field. Jalen Smith, by all accounts, is the man when it comes to being a person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everything that he overcame with his injury and all the things that he's doing with his charitable foundations and, and those mm-hmm. sorts yeah. of things. I commend him 100% on that stuff. I'm not taking mm-hmm. anything away from that thing. Yep. But there are people that do good things that you still be Hollywood.
3: Yeah.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I, I wanted you to get your take on another what I consider a hump player, which we done went. How, how many minutes has it been, guys? It's been roughly 40 minutes or so without bringing up one Jamal Adams. And I am pretty proud of us, so I'm going to give us a little round of applause (laughs) right quick because we went this long without bringing up Jamal Adams. But I got to bring him up, man. Um, It's so many – it's different little things we could touch on, the way he's going about this, which I'm not really in agreement with. Um, Is it a realistic possibility? Do we even need him? A lot of people (laughs) believe he's not worth the hype, which, you know, late-night hype, I I don't agree with. I think he is worth the hype, but – and just give me the whole shebang on Jamal Adams on how you feel. Uh, because uh, everybody's loving loving your viewpoints on things here in the chat, man. So uh, we appreciate you for sure. Uh, so give us your take on Jamal Adams. Get him. <laughs> Thank you. Get, get him. Go get him. Go get, get him. him. Thank you, sir.
1: Go get him. You can, pay, you can pay the man. Um, He comes cheap. He's already said that there's a select number of teams that he'll accept a trade to that he doesn't need to re- renegotiate the contract right, right away. Trade for him. do what you did with Amari, have him for the, um, you know, the season that you trade him. have him for the fifth year option, break the bank with him come 2022. It's that simple. It's that simple. You trade the first round pick. The first round pick, I know the Cowboys are great at drafting in the first round, but if you can get two years out of a young player, and Jamal Adams is young, if you can get two years of production out of a young player, it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, uh, what we saw out of the, the way that they handled the Amari Cooper situation. Uh, I was against giving up a first for Amari Cooper when they made the trade midseason, uh, because I, w- I was not sure that that was the asking price. I believed what we saw from the last, from the last year and a half of him in Oakland uh, was indicative of what he was. And obviously he had the Oakland tax stacked on the last couple of years of how he was performing. He was incredible. Once he came to the Cowboys, The chemistry that he had with Dak, um, I didn't think that they should have made that move. I changed my mind once I saw how good Amari Cooper was with the Cowboys. I have no such reservations about Jamal Adams. I watched that man play. I think he is, if not the best safety in the league, he's one of the top two or three safeties in the league. And I think that he has the ability to do so much on the defense. He can cover. He's not going to be a huge interception guy. He's not like Troy Palamalu where where he's going to get those kind of numbers. Um, But he has uh, the ability to, rush the passer, be a chess piece. He can match up with a tight end. He is basically Darren Woodson reincarnated. And I think that that type of player who can be the foundational leader. Remember, the secondary is sauce right now. I mean, we have no idea what the secondary is going to look like for the Dallas Cowboys. You have a Awuzie, who I don't think is very good. You lost Byron Jones. Um, you have a rookie in Diggs. Um, I love Xavier Woods. I'm okay with uh haha Clinton Dix. I'm not opposed to the signing. I don't think he's as good as his hype uh anymore. I don't I don't think he's you know that kind of safety, but I think he's definitely better than serviceable. He's better than an average player. I just don't think he's a superstar. But if you could get um Jamal Adams and put him back there to be the leader of your secondary, I think it takes it to a whole nother level. Then you have a superstar in your secondary, you have a superstar at linebacker, you have a superstar on the front line. And if you have that superstar at each level, as well as a second in command, like let's say that Gerald McCoy is your second best linebacker. I mean, second mm-hmm. best defensive lineman. That's really good. Jalen Smith is your second best linebacker. That's really good. Xavier Woods or Clinton Dix is your second best best secondary player or hopefully Diggs in two years, whatever, you know, however long it takes him to develop. That's pretty good. So I think if you have that one-two punch at each level of your defense, then you have the making of a defense that can go out there and win a Super Bowl. So I I think you go get if,
3: If If you're the Jets, why would you make that deal with Jerry Wayne Jones? Why would you do that? When the Jets, you know good and well, half of these owners, they can't stand Jerry. They can't yeah. stand it. They won't pull the trigger. They would rather send uh, Jamal to the Forty Winers or they're going to send him over there to the Shegals. They're going to do that. I don't think that they're going to give the power to the Dallas Cowboys. And I hate to be a contrarian on this, but that's just how the reality of it. All of this news, all of this stuff is not up to Jamal. It's up to the, Jets, up to the Jets. I think no, you're the right. Jets will not pull the trigger for Jerry. They won't because they, you know, in the back of their mind, he said, man, I don't want to get Herschel Walker with this. You know, I don't want to have well, <laughs> our name all over the news that we gave Dallas Cowboys multiple Super Bowls. We're not going to do it. Well, Dallas. Here, here,
1: here's where I'll say I agree with you and I disagree with you. Go ahead. I agree with you that the Jets are in complete control of everything. And I don't really think the Jets are going to trade Jamal Adams, but I don't think it has anything to do with Jerry. I just don't think they're going to trade him. They have just like I'm talking about the Cowboys have two years of uh, would have two years of team control over him. The Jets would have two years of cheap control over him, and they already have him. And then you add to it that you can stop the franchise tag on him for year three, they have three years of control on him. It could just be that man doesn't want to play in New York and he's trying to do anything that he can to get out of New York. But the Jets don't have to listen. They, They don't. They don't have to listen. You can't hold out anymore. The CBA that they just signed basically made it the worst thing ever for a player to hold out. Like you used to be able to hold out. You get a new deal. Yeah. The team would write something in your contract and say, we forgive you for all of those fines. Can't do that anymore. Player they raise a fine know. level. Now, if you miss training camp, you know, um, it's up to 50,000 a day or something like that, that for the day that you miss. And you can't refund that. So they basically, and, and then they cut service time, the, you know, as, as far as having a year accrued, they made a change to how that's calculated if you're holding out. So basically you can't hold out if you're under contract. Um, And you have him under cheap control. If I'm the Jets, no, I'm not trading him. But if he causes enough havoc and the out, or I should say the asterisk is the Jets seem to have a really stupid head coach in Adam Gates. Right. <laughs> that, that, that might be that might be the silver lining in it, all of this. That Adam Gase, if the front office dude, I, I, I'm, the GM's name is slipping my mind right now, but if Adam Gase, um,
2: Joe Douglas, Joe, Joe yes, Douglas? yes,
1: thank you, thank you, Joe Douglas. If Adam Gase convinces Joe Douglas that he's that uh, Jamal is enough of a problem, they might acquiesce and go ahead and send him out. I don't think it's going to happen, but if I'm the Cowboys, I people say yeah, they don't need to give up more than a one. I give up a one this year and a two next year for Jamal Adams. I would. And, and I, I would. I mean, draft capital is so hit or miss. Like, okay, yeah, everybody's talking about, look, we just got CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, but a couple years but ago, we drafted know. Taco, we drafted Taco Charlton. You wouldn't have given up Taco Charlton? You wouldn't have given up Taco Charlton and Shadobia Awuzie for AD. Jamal Adams. KD,
0: AD, I tell people this all the time when people try to say, well, we wouldn't have got CD Lamb. You wouldn't have been crying if this if the first round pick this year was Jamal Adams. You would have not been crying, fam. You would have been okay but guess what now we have the possibility to have jamal adams and T.D. lamb
1: you don't you don't bank on what a draft pick can be and i don't care how good you are at drafting if you don't you don't fall a, in love with the potential. A lottery it's ticket. a lottery pick it's a lottery pick lottery mm-hmm. ticket exactly you got it 100 correct it's it's a 50 50 hit rate and even if you're looking at the cowboys and what they've done over the last uh over the last couple years I would say that the Cowboys trading for Amari Cooper was much better than what they would have had if they had gone oh, gosh, yes. into the draft in 2019 with a first-round pick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Much better. Because yeah, you don't know what you're getting.
1: You don't know what you're getting. I didn't I mean, do you, all that in get, college.
2: We've yeah. seen tons of players in college that ta- turn up, and when they get to the pros, they don't do it.
0: You've got the look, lottery look. ticket, and you got the lottery ticket in your draft pick, or then you have the actual winnings in Jamal Adams. Which one you taking?
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> what's,
1: what's What's that, Um, I think I think it was a, a Simpsons episode? Uh, where he was like, you could have A or B, and A was like a boat or something. And no, no, that's what it was. It was Family Guy and, and Peter Griffin. And they were like, and they were like, you could have this huge, giant yacht, or you could have what's in this box. And he was like, I'll take what's in the box. It could even be a yacht. Like, <laughs> take, take. I remember that episode take the yacht. <laughs> You take what you know is a, is a bona fide yeah. uh, commodity, as opposed to the pick. Now, look at the Cowboys' last couple drafts. 2019, mm-hmm. they traded their first-round pick. You know what I'm saying? For Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper. And I would say I would say that was a brilliant Worked move. Worked out. 2000, 2018, they drafted Leighton Banderash, but they didn't have him for a year or two. So mm-hmm. right now that's a wash. I mean, we think he's going to be an all pro when he comes back, but right now that's a wash because we don't really know. So that's still undecided. Mm-hmm. The year before that, they took Taco Charlton. So where are you at? You mm-hmm. have a trade, you have a bust, and you have a maybe. And then you have CD Lamb, who everybody thinks is going to be great. So look at the last four years and your batting average. You're not hitting on all of those, on all of those situations. One of them you traded. So that's an example of it working, of of that mentality working. And then the other guys, you have one bust, one guy that you hope is going to be great, and one guy that you hope isn't injured for life. So why are you so apprehensive about trading a first round pick if you look they at like, the recent history of the team?
0: They like those darts, man. I I, I, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's group thing. I don't know if it's if it's I just don't understand it, man. Cuz if you go put on a tape with Jamal Adams, he is a pure he's a pure playmaker, he's a pure difference yes. maker and people yes. want to and I don't mean to make a pun here, but people want to box him in as a box safety, and I laugh at you because go study him prior to coming into the NFL. He can cover. He just yeah. played in a Greg Williams defense that that said, hey, this man is an offense. amazing player that can do everything, so we're going to ask him to do everything. I will tell you guys, go watch the, the little film session that he sat down with Bal- Baldy from last year, and watch his yep. when yep. he's breaking down the coverage. Yep. Yep. He can yep. cover, guys, so let's stop boxing this
1: I completely agree. Yeah. You go get them. Go, go yep. get them. Pay the Let price.
0: Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. K. No, I no, just no. Go, ask ahead, go ahead.
2: Do you think um, because of this, the COVID thing is going on to you, do you think that has a little bit to do with um, maybe the the, pro, the prolonging of a signing or maybe we're, we're apprehensive with that because we don't know what the cap is going to be later on? We don't know what the unknown is.
1: <laughs> I think, I think it has a role in everything. It, it, it simply has a role in everything. I mean, the same way, nothing about our personal Thanks, lives God. are the same. The, the no, Nothing about our personal lives are the same. Nothing about our business lives are the same. Why would that not apply to everything in football? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it. you know, okay. you have to make decisions. Um, I'm sure that, you know, if if you're working and you had doubts on whether or not your job was going to be able to survive, you probably tighten your purse strings personally. You know what Mm -hmm, I'm saying? mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people get furloughed. They might have to take a pay reduction or, you know, a lot of that is going on in the media industry. You kind of have to plan for that sort of thing. So why would the Cowboys Mm -hmm. or any other NFL team not be doing the same thing? You don't know what the salary cap is going to look like. Um, I'm sure that the owners are having discussions on what they will do if they have to play in front of no fans, Um, you know, as far as. There's some. There's a bunch of possibilities on how they are, could approach it. They could reduce the salary cap in 2021, um, which would be devastating. Uh. It would absolutely. It would absolutely be devastating because then you're talking about all of those mid-level guys I mean, that are like on five-year, five, you know, five million dollar a year deal. A lot of those guys are going to be getting cut and then re-signed to other teams. So it, it, all hell will break loose if they go that route. Another way they could do it is borrow from future caps, which would mean that they would probably keep the cap at around $198 which is what it is for this year. And instead of getting the normal $10 to $12 million bump, they would keep it flat for a year or two years, borrowing against uh, future years to basically make up the difference. So they know the TV deals are going to come. TV isn't going away. That's not going to change, especially if they have no fans in the seats. Everybody's going to be watching on TV. Uh, So they know that TV money is going to come. They simply borrow against those future years to fund the Salary cap and keep it flat for 2021, maybe 2022, before you see the big jump to be, uh, you know, to coincide with the money that they'd be getting from the new TV deal.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the new TV deal is mentioning with Amazon. So when everybody mentioned Amazon, you got to turn your eyes and your ears on and say, hey, that's going to be some money because anything happened during this COVID crisis uh, crap going on, Amazon making money.
1: Listen, I order, I order groceries from Amazon, dog. (laughs) Like, like, listen, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, you know, you know, my, my parents are of that age where, you know, it's, it's dangerous to be out there. As Mm -hmm. soon as that pandemic hit, man, I'm ordering groceries from, uh, they they call it Amazon fresh. I, you know, it's different things in different pockets of the, of, of the country, but Amazon fresh, man, you can get groceries within the same day. Like wow. I order it, I ordered at seven a.m. and it's at my door by eleven a.m. And so, so yeah, I, Amazon making money, dog. And yeah. and we already seen the trial as far as streaming football. That's clearly where it's going to go. They did mm-hmm. they did the Amazon games. Um, I, I think with the Thursday night games. I think they were yeah. doing yeah, uh, they would have on like two well.
0: different broadcasters. Yep. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, So, so all of those sorts of things are the possibilities that they can do. And as soon as they have learned to properly monetize streaming football, that's going to be the direction it's going to go. So you have Amazon. I know that Netflix was interested in, in trying to figure out a way that they were going to get into the game. Mm. Um, so, so when these TV contracts come up, don't be surprised if it's only one streaming, if it's more than one streaming service that gets into the game. These channels, CBS and Fox, they're definitely going to have their thing. But that whole Thursday night package, possibility of a Saturday night package, all of those sorts of things are going to be on the table, especially if they have a season where they don't have fan revenue. That's going to open their mind and say, let's capitalize as much as possible. And honestly, who's going to really complain about saturation after missing sports for the last year? Nobody. Ain't nobody okay. going to be like, right. that's too much football. Nobody. Nobody's right. going to say that's nobody. too much football. Though right. right. so this could be right. their opportunity. The same way baseball, you see what baseball did. They snuck in all the rule changes that they wanted to make. Uh-huh. because everybody's just fiending for baseball like,
2: look, hey, Yeah, just whatever. Like, just change. It. They're just like, okay, whatever, fam. Change. No DH. Go start on no third base? Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're
1: doing it all. Any, anything that they thought of, they're like, let's go ahead and do it this year. So that's exactly how the NFL is going to approach them when it comes to these TV contracts. They're going to be like, look, do it all. Yeah. Monday night, <laughs> Tuesday night, have a game every night of the week. And everybody's
0: watching. Everybody like, like, dog, you catch no.
3: the new rule? It's not three strikes you out no more. You know uh, when I <laughs> so, saw that they strikes. really had people starting
0: strikes. on second base at some point in the game. So, I said, does this what is that? <laughs> what They
1: is don't it? even do that in MLB the show. You don't even do that in a video game, <laughs> but you're gonna do it in real life? What's second on. base?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but no, on, on the streaming platform part, I knew something was happening here when I when I would get my notification. I said. Yahoo Fantasy Sports says you can click on here and watch the game. When they were doing it was streaming on Yahoo from the games in London. I said, mm. "Damn, this is different." Yeah. I guess the NFL was really starting to get into, you know, they yeah. ca- I mean, they've always been progressive, they're right? But up. man, they they smart. They smart and now with this COVID like you said, man, I mean, how do you not take advantage of their own the streaming to. platforms? They're going
3: to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the we Wirewide would we'll be crazy on netflix right i missed the game but <laughs> yes. hey let's netflix and well, chill man. girl we're right, gonna watch man. the cowboys tonight i don't
1: know i don't know if any of y'all subscribe to the uh nfl game pass yes um, yeah it is probably the worst product that they could possibly oh put out there. God. So yes. Yes. if any of these streaming services can teach them how to run Game Pass, just give me one of those little tracker buttons where I can, you know, uh, like you do in a video control room where you can track <laughs> to rewind. Like the control level that they give you. A, Trash. why is it all 22 out? Immediately after the game, you have the film You're giving what, us three days,
0: fam. On? Like, what, what nice.
1: are you waiting on to put that out? But I mean, that, that entire product is trash, and I buy it every year, no matter what. Because yeah. you have to buy, I buy it and no yeah. get it, you can't, you yeah. can't yeah. download yeah. the game,
0: so you gotta, you gotta screen record the Damn, day. it's like, yep. come on, man, yep. just down, come on. We download the play, fam. Yeah, Listen,
1: man. I got, got a whole hard drive just for NFL games. <laughs> Listen, my, so my <laughs> man
0: Stevie says <laughs> soon Nickelodeon's gonna be airing playoff games. So, hey,
1: hey, if the money's right. If the money's right, Stevie, to go ahead and put that on, put the little green goo and all that on the field, they, they'll do all of it, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, listen, we'll be remiss if we didn't bring up some uh, some other football stuff for the Cowboys because sure. I, we got to get your um your take on these rookies, right, James? You get, yes, sir. And well, we don't gotta, before we okay. dive into the rookies, can okay, I ahead, just on. ask
3: them this one question? Are you a fan of Jordan Hillpocket Lewis? Oh, you want to go J Lou? Okay, we can go J Lou. Uh, oh, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. No, no, no J, J. Lou's cool. cool. The game. But are you a fan of J Lou? I just want to do that before we go into these uh these these untouched players.
1: Okay, let me first say this. Uh oh. Out of all of the cowboys that are out there, Jordan Lewis is the best on Twitter. Hands down. He has the best Twitter account. <laughs> of all of the Cowboys players, he, does he has the most he fun. Did. That dude will crack on anybody. So Anybody. Shout out to him and the way that he handles his social media. Now, I run a player power poll every week of the season for the last three years. For the last two years, every week where I slot Jordan Lewis, every week that he doesn't play, every week that he doesn't play, the comment that I put after Jordan Lewis, and I have him ranked higher than a A, Woozie-A, almost every week. The comment I have is play Jordan Lewis, in all caps. I've I've done it probably, out of 32 weeks of the season, I've probably done it at least 18 to 20 times. Play Jordan Lewis, because they wouldn't play him. But then they play him and he has a bad game. I'm like, come on, man, you had your opportunity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I want you to, I want everyone to hear that because a lot of people think that certain people don't like Lou. I I love Lou, right? But we can't yeah, propel this like man. Them. We can't <laughs> act like he's he's Jalen Ramsey. What K D right. just said is I played him and he had a bad game. Guys, he actually does have bad games, y'all. I just yeah. want y'all to hear that. That's all. But go what, ahead. What was it? This, uh
3: 2018, that Detroit game. Oh my God. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, yeah. KD. Go ahead. We'll go, we'll go no, ahead go but ahead. so so and I I like last year too. You know, I I, I like Jordan Lewis, but the way that
1: Chris Richard plays, uh had his players play defense didn't seem to suit what Jay Lou did. Mm-hmm. So you have to take when it comes to when it comes to the secondary players, and, and I'm sure Sky, Sky will attest to this, the way that you play them has to fit what their skill set is. It absolutely has to. I, more, more than any other position on the field, I think cornerback, the 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 scheme that you play has to fit what their player strengths are. And Jordan Lewis just didn't seem to match for whatever reason with the way Chris Richard wanted him to play. We saw that that the fact that Jordan Lewis couldn't get on the field, and then it was hit or miss when he was on the field. How will he perform? I'm not saying that J. Lou always played bad when he got in the game. Right, right, he definitely right. Had a handful, he definitely had a handful of bad games. And with such a limited sample size, it made you wonder, okay, well, maybe Richard isn't in the wrong for not having him mm-hmm. out there. If that's what he's seeing in practice, then maybe it's not in the wrong that he doesn't play. I think Jordan Lewis needs a fresh start. I think he needs to go to a team that doesn't care about length and we've already heard Mike Nolan say that he wants long cornerbacks so Jordan Lewis is out. Now at least he has, you know, long arms but he's short. So, you know, he's he's 5 foot 9, 5 foot 10 and he has um really he has good arm length for his height um but he doesn't have overall length that you would that they'd like in the position. So I think a team I I've often said this past offseason especially around draft time Jordan Lewis would have been a good trade chip Mm. because I'm sure that there is a team that liked him in the draft coming out that doesn't mind short cornerbacks that knows what Chris Rashard did, that knows what Mike Nolan is planning on doing and saying, you know, I could do something with that guy. And I think he could ball out in the right system, but the Cowboys didn't have the right system. And from the sounds of what Mike Nolan is saying, how he wants his quarterbacks to be. they they may not be the right system for him again in 2020. So I just think that that guy can play. I don't think that he could play in what Chris Richard was asking of him, and it's up in the air whether or not he could play for Mike Nolan. So, Um, KD,
3: you you would like for a first and Jordan Lewis to the Jets for Jamal? Listen. Listen. What if you,
0: listen. anyway, go ahead, you answer that. <laughs>
3: listen, why, I, I mean, it makes
2: sense. I'd give, them, Beautiful look, look, give him, look, a look, a. look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give them a woozie. Give them give
0: any one of them corners, except they, dig. They, <laughs> they, give him a woozie. They don't,
2: they don't want a woozie, come on, man. I mean, I'm it. just saying, <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, I'm just saying, we gonna look at, some, I'm just gonna go by your body no, type and some potential, just go. No, li-
1: li- listen, 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 <laughs> hey, all, all jokes aside. Give him aside. Xavier Woods. All jokes aside, you know, I, I say things on Twitter and it becomes, you know, kind of like a, a, a running joke um, because so many people just kept building up a Awuzie at the start of the 2018 season. And I was like, are y'all watching him? Oh, he's giving sticky coverage. That was just a great
2: pass.
0: Me, 2019. Really, yeah,
2: 2020. Was
1: it 2019? Yeah, yeah 2019. I was kind of yeah, yeah. one of them. <laughs> Hold up.
2: Which, he's not which sticky. Was? He's not sticky in coverage, though, KD. He ain't getting no, burnt
1: like that. Toast, he, though. He, he's he's sticky in coverage and he has absolutely zero ball awareness. Ball awareness. Yeah. He has no yeah, idea the that the ball is coming. So who cares how close right. you are? Because it's all right. the receiver has to do who knows the ball is coming is adjust, and he and they're making the catch on him. You can't keep saying that was a perfect pass 17 times a season, and there's only 16 <laughs> games a year. Like, every single game, somebody completes the perfect pass of all time on Shadobi mm-hmm. Awuzie. So it, it, it's about his ball awareness. So I'm, I'm really not keen on him being the number one, and I was basically exonerated on my take because I, I argued with people for uh, many many weeks on that i was exonerated when will mcclay was like yeah we're probably considering moving him to safety you don't do that if a dude's a good corner safety isn't as important as cornerback so the team talking about moving him to safety basically lets you know that they don't think that he's performing up to his potential or what the potential they they saw in him when they drafted him
3: let's go. um but go i would off. trade
1: what I, I would trade a number one i would trade lewis I'd get Teron Crawford's money off the book. <laughs> I would trade all of them. Take it for off, Jamal Adams. <laughs> Give take them all, everybody.
0: Yeah, take take all of our. Uh, we don't want guys. Yeah, get them yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I go a step further with with Awuzie. Um, they didn't sign him to an extension. I mean, same thing with Jay Lou. People get mad at us because we say, "Dog." I know y'all don't like Anthony Brown, but when you pop all on the, the tape, when you pop on the analytics, and when they popped on the tape, they said, "Huh." Huh. You got Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis extended Anthony Brown, right? And they, they did not extend to. Jordan. They didn't have to extend.
1: Look, it wasn't even an extension. They didn't. I'm they sorry. Didn't yeah, they signed him. him. I'm sorry. They, right. they signed yeah. him. Yeah.
0: yeah. He yeah, was they, free they to go, three go
1: anywhere. He was free to go anywhere, and they were like, "No, we want you back. Three
2: years, On $50 three years.
0: million. Dollars. Please He's come He's the new
2: back Orlando scandal, KD. He's the new Orlando And to bring that back to
0: to Wozier, then they went out and said. Okay, not only are we not going to extend you, Cheeto, we're going to go draft a corner very high, a corner that we could have took in the first round. Yeah, two corners in our top 100 picks. We took two corners. So not only did we not extend you, we went and we drafted your replacements. Because what did Jesse say? They definitely drafted his replacements, Listen,
1: listen, Mm -hmm. listen. They not only drafted his replacement, they drafted his, just in case we're going to get insurance to make sure that we don't have to pay you. So, I mean, they... they, (laughs) I mean, they, they drafted two, and they can talk all they want to about moving Reggie Robinson to safety and all that kind of stuff. They drafted two cornerbacks. The, cool. way that, the, the way that Robinson played in the last year, his improvement from, the, from, from 2018 to 2019 was so dynamic the The sky's a limit on, on Robinson, to, in, in my opinion, as far as playing cornerback. They're not moving that man to safety. I, okay. I I I pray I pray they don't move that man to safety because I Developing think
0: he has cornerback.
1: Please, he has great potential to be a star in this league, not just a serviceable player. Ooh, he has dude, potential dude, to let's be go. Let's go time. there. Hold on,
0: KD. Let's go there. He's that's a really great segue. Segue to the Segue. I mean, we're sticking. Let's just. Stay on that position here, cornerbacks with Diggs and Robinson. I mean, you kind of gave us your take on on Robinson. How do you feel about Diggs? And, and then is the COVID going to hurt them, though, in, in getting playing time early in the season? But your take first on, on the draft picks, Reggie and uh, Diggs.
1: Yeah, I, I I told you about Red I think that he has a, a lot of potential. Um, they're they're very similar guys. They're very athletic, and they're good downhill. You know, facing uh, facing the, the the receiver. That's how I like to see them. And I think that the way that we've heard about the way that Mike Nolan wants to run his secondary, I think that they were phenomenal picks for what the Cowboys are going to do differently as far as how they play their cornerbacks. Um, I was in love with getting Diggs where they got him. I know there was talk about him being in a first round. I didn't think he was a first round player, uh, but I loved where they got him in the second round. I think he was in that. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I had him on my on my top 50. He was somewhere in that range beyond where they were in the first round. I would have hated it if they had gone at, gone to him at 17, but anywhere after 30, I think that he was a quality pick. Um, so I'm, I'm very pleased with what they did with those two selections in the second. I wish that they could have gotten a safety, um, but I'm very pleased with how that draft unfolded. And then uh, as we were talking about the not only did they draft those two guys, then they turned around and signed Worley. They signed a starting caliber cornerback. They don't want you, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey. They don't want you. They don't want you, bro. Like I mean they they they've made it very clear that they that they plan on turning I'm... over that cornerback room and they're just holding on to guy, you know, Brown they signed so mm-hmm. they clearly like what he does but as far as Owusie and and Lewis their holdovers they're in the final year of the contract they're both definitely walking so they could easily be trade chips depending on what they see now i think if they had the offseason to work with these guys mm-hmm the trade would have been trade possibility would have been a lot more stronger. But now you're talking about, you're going to be making last minute deals during yeah. training camp because you have you have no idea what you got in these dudes mm-hmm. and they might get a Bouzier out there and he might've been working hard on the offseason and mm-hmm. working on, on his ball awareness. And he turns around and balls out and we had no idea it was coming. I would love for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. That would make the Cowboys even stronger. So I'm just talking about what I've seen. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's their ceiling, but based on what I've seen, I would I mean, rather have somebody
3: other than a woozy out there, K- and I think. KD. Hey, KD. Worley already came out and said, "Hey, my intentions is to start." Star. Hey,
0: as of soon as he was signed, I said, <laughs> well, "If you go look at his track, track- that. Yeah. Yeah. well, if you go look at his track record, like he said, I'm not no special teams cat. Like he I'm, not, his right. whole he started his whole right. career except for when he yeah. was hurt, and 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 people called me crazy, but I said, don't don't be surprised if Daryl Worley. And now before COVID really hit us, I said Trevin Diggs were the starters at the beginning of the season. Yep. But I think maybe because of COVID, you might see a Wuze out there or Jordan Lewis, dare I say, as my boy Law Nation would say, if he beats him out. But I really do believe Worley has a, a very good shot at being a start cornerback on this.
1: When when I made my all season um my my depth chart, uh Worley, star, Worley starts for me. Worley starts for me. I had Worley and Dick starting for me. Um, but again, like you said, because of COVID and not having the rookie mini camp and the OTAs and all of those sorts of things to get him uh you know immersed in in the uh, Mike Nolan system, it might be too much to ask. Yeah, for um, I, I, I I think he I think they their players definitely Robinson coming from, you know, the level of competition that he's coming from. I think he definitely needed the offseason in order for him to be a major contributor in year 1. Um but maybe because the rest of the league is in the same situation that, you know, it's a little bit easier for them to catch on, you know, obviously teams that, you know, matching up against veterans, but a lot of teams are going to be trying to work in these young guys. Yeah. And, and if teams are smart and they expect these cuts to happen next year, playing rookies now and getting them experience, getting the cheap guys experience now will pay off next year when you might have to reshuffle your entire roster based on, you know, the, the salary cap changing. So if, if you're a forward-thinking organization um, and, and, you know, your GM, the guy that manages your money for the Cowboys, Stephen Jones, for other teams, the general manager, you go to your coach and you're like, you know, if everything is equal or if this guy is at a 60 and this guy's at a 58, but he's a rookie, maybe play you go him. with a rookie. Maybe that, you know, th- that kind of stuff has to – you you think that football is just all about who's the better player at that time but trust me those front offices are leaning on the coaching staff when it comes to those sorts of well if it's a tie or a close to a tie let's go with the cheap guy can they get can we get rid of this player now that's another thing saving money on a salary cap now means that you have that space next year. So while we were talking about Teron Crawford and that money, that's also another angle. If you cut Teron mm-hmm. Crawford and save that $8 million this year and don't pay him, you roll that over, over into next year. So mm-hmm. that means that if you cut him this year, if you think that he's you know your sixth best defensive lineman, you cut him because that $8 million now goes on the 2021 salary cap. So if you're saying, okay, well, we're not increasing the cap or it's going down. Well, look, you got $8 million more worth of space because you didn't have them on your 2020 roster, but you have it now in the 2021 cap. So all of these sorts of things are going into teams uh, thinking and how they're proceeding towards a season that we've never had to deal with in our lifetime as football fans. Well,
0: when you talk about uh, cutting Tyron Crawford, I think this new regime kind of, you know, is giving us a little bit more ammo to do that by bringing in Poe, by bringing in McCoy, yep. and then drafting Neville Gallamore. Um, what is your take on on Neville? And I know, I know, I brought up Crawford because I do think he can slide in at three. Right. But right. really, the real competition for Neville if you, is is Tristan Hill. And I asked yes. all of our guests that have come on the show. Is this an indictment on Tristan Hill moving forward by drafting Neville, who a lot had as a second round player?
1: No, it it is not an indictment on Hill because the staff that's in place now has no idea what Tristan Hill can do for them. There definitely isn't tape on him. You know, I mean, you're going back to what what, uh, he was um, in college. He was benched because he didn't get along with a coach. So, I mean, he had, you know, good stats as a role player uh, in college in his final year, but you don't have – You basically have two years of spotty film to be able to evaluate Hill. Um, So I don't think it's an indictment on him. Hill is a wait to be seen. He he had a redshirt season. He came out of the draft early. He didn't get along with the coaching staff. He came into the draft early. And I think by all accounts, he kind of knew that he wasn't ready to be in the NFL. But it didn't make sense for him to return to a college program that didn't want him. So he went ahead and entered the draft and he didn't look good in any aspect of training camp. We heard the reports from everybody that was there that he kind of just looked lost, wasn't strong enough and all those sorts of things. But if you look at it as he spent his senior year of college in an NFL internship, doesn't that kind of change how you view this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like if if he was just simply spending the year practicing with an NFL team, that would kind of change how you would look if you weren't having any expectations for him and he mm. had higher expectations because he was the first Cowboys pick, even though he was in the second
0: round. But go even further than it. Go even further. Go in further with why his expectations were higher, because we passed on a certain name. And, and, and it was Juan Thornhill and all the other guys uh, that we could have taken a safety on, position.
1: We, we passed on the three safeties in order to take Tristan Hill. So everybody said he damn sure better. better. Be
4: mm.
0: And he yeah.
1: wasn't. And he wasn't. And it was a Rod Marinelli special, just like Taco Charlton was a Rod Marinelli special. And God bless Will McClay for falling on the sword for Rod Marinelli. Listen, I wrote about Rod Marinelli not being a good defensive coordinator years ago. Everybody, he came in with so much hype. And I wrote, when are we going to see this bomb Cowboys defense that Rod Marinelli is supposed to be constructed? When did it happen? It didn't. It didn't. He's Bleak. a great defensive line coach. But he just didn't
3: me. have Simeon Rice and uh, uh, what's the other <laughs> yeah, guy? Warren Sapp and John Lynch right. and <laughs> Warren, Right. Erlacher. Warren Sapp. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I don't know what happened with,
0: with him, right. KD. He just got in, He fell in love with this whole orphans thing, and, and Brian has talked about it on the show. For whatever reason, he fell in love with these orphans. But, dude, you didn't have orphans in Chicago. You didn't have orphans in Tampa. Why in all Tampa. of a sudden you want some damn orphans? I am. Yeah. But you know,
2: you know, you know two things that stand out to me though about that is one, I think it was I think we had talked about when Bradus was on there is that when you have a Jason Garrett and that's your head coach, your team takes on the personality of the coach. Yep. And remember how Rob Marinelli was getting all kind of turnovers then he came over to Dallas he had one year and then oh, after that me. Yeah. put you feel what I'm saying? And even though we were talking about Juan Thornhill and those guys and how much we wanted them, we're talking about the coaching. And I brought this up to broadest, We're talking about the coaching. So as good as Thornhill did at other programs, there was no guarantee he would came over to Dallas and would have turned up with us. Because what Dallas had a lot of bad coaching going on this past year, and they had a lame duck coach. So now I'm not saying Thornhill them not good players, but we have seen those good kind of good players come with Dallas and don't do shit. Now, that mm-hmm. that's
1: that's very true. But look at it. Look at it another I way. Mean, if yeah, if we dr- if if we drafted Thornhill, we're not signing haha. Clinton Dixon. We got enough money for no, adversity yeah. right True now.
0: story. Yeah, Thornhill's a tough example. But I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it, it's all domino effect and It's all be- second guessing and and uh you know predictions and and all that. And then we turn around and we analyze what happened. And you know, we hope that we were right in some occasions, but we right. admit when we were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were other options. And like we said earlier in the show, it's a lottery ticket. So you're taking a gamble. But for the Cowboys to have made that move for defensive for the defensive tackle, you knew that they predicted that they were going to lose Malik Collins. uh, That you know they were trying to. The Cowboys. It's one of my uh, draft commandments. Everybody uh, that follows me knows that I write my draft commandments, uh, ten commandments at uh, the draft time that predict basically how the Cowboys function. It's more so a reflection of how they've moved over the last several several years. Mm -hmm. but the Cowboys like to get in front of the money. If there's a position Mm -hmm. that they don't want to pay a guy that's coming up for a contract, that weighs heavily into their decision of which positions they're going to draft. They always draft defensive line heavy. Defensive line, linebackers, or cornerbacks, they always draft those, those three positions very heavy. Uh, and then when you add into the fact that you had Malik Collins that was going to be coming up, you didn't know what was going to be happening with Antoine Woods, uh, you know whether he was going to be able to capitalize. He was a journeyman that they found. You didn't know whether they were going to be able to capitalize on him. It made sense for them to go out and get themselves a defensive tackle. They got the wrong one. That, you know they 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 reached for a guy that Rod Marinelli fell in love with that other people didn't think was going to be a second round pick. Most people predicted him to be a third round pick, maybe even a fourth round pick. Uh, you know, some of the some of the extreme things you might have seen one or two people that were calling him a second round pick, but most people felt that that was kind of a reach for the Cowboys. And then to add on to it that that was their first pick in the draft, and he got the uh that the weight the heaviness of the expectations of the first player drafted by the Cowboys, uh, it just all kind of just steamrolled. With that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if Hill came out and he had a serviceable year. I don't think he's going to be a superstar this year, um, you know, especially without the offseason of being able to work. But new regime, he could he's
2: have still been a beautiful a good player. It's just, it's just a lot of problems with him. is just mental because, I mean, he does have some talent. And, I mean, a, a lot of publications where you were saying that had him a third and fourth round, I think it was more of the maturity thing. I don't believe it was the talent base. I think it was right. really big on the maturity. And that's what has really hurt him. And, like you said, you got a clean slate. And, I mean, I love Gallimore like the rest, but I just don't want to throw away a Tristan Hill because I do think he has talent and he has good size. And I'd like to see them to a Gallimore and a Hill, be a cornerstone instead of you just drafting yep. him and just throwing his ass away.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think a lot of people talked about the possibility of trading him to Oakland. You know, yeah, rod Elliott or yeah. to the Raiders. Take him because there's you're no the one drafted trade. him. There, there's absolutely no point in trading him. Taco had to go because Taco's attitude problem was clear with the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, they they the coaching staff openly questioned that man's effort, and then he got traded from Miami for the same thing. Somebody
2: uh, So everybody else. Right. So so
1: and and, and then he himself said. I'm really going to take it serious now. Bruh, okay. What are you
2: talking about? <laughs> Three teams later.
1: Okay. What are you talking about? You're now going to take it seriously. So that was well warranted for the Cowboys <laughs> to have given up on him when they did. And when I, but I think it's far too early to give up on
0: him. When I say it, there's no point in trading him, obviously, if you get a great deal, you do it. But what I mean is you're not going to get a deal that's going to be worth the second-round pick you you mm-hmm. you used on him the year before. So you don't right. trade him for a six-round pick after right. one year when he has potential. You just got to see if this new regime will work out. And I agree, Big Game James. It will be beautiful if Hill and Gallimore can become your cornerstones Man, um, on the, right. at the defensive going. tackles at some point uh, because we got Poe. Got McCoy and 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 I and I have said this. Paul McCoy are signed on multiple year deals, but that doesn't mean after what? a year or two you can move forward if you see some progression from your young guys. So yeah, don't exactly. don't throw them away just yet. Um, but on the other side of the ball, um, we drafted Badass is what we like to call him, but Tyler Biadash. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man. I talk about this on a lot of the shows and we bring a lot of people. I am so fascinated by the center position mm-hmm. with um drafting him, having uh, Looney, possibly McGovern. Who knows? But I'm, I'm fascinated with the left guard and center competition. I think we're going to have um, um coming into this season here is can you see Tyler maybe, you know, doing something here? Because he was the Remington Award winner, which is given to the best yep. center. And honestly, he's probably only a fourth round pick because he got injured. But uh, what's your take on Tyler? Iadish, e. center out of Wisconsin.
1: Really quick. Let me circle back around. Oh, I'm sorry, Poe. But. No, no, no. You're good. Don Terry Poe uh, signed a two-year deal, but it's really a one-year deal. They can escape it for like $750,000 next year. So wow. if Hill if Hill and Gallimore ball out, they could easily walk away from Poe and, and be more than fine without a salary cap hit. As far as the center position goes, when Joe Looney played for, um, for Travis Frederick in 2018, mm-hmm. he did okay. Okay. He did okay. So cool. but physically, Physically, he was okay but joe didn't command the offensive line like travis frederick did. now when travis frederick came back in 2019, he commanded the line like travis frederick did, but physically he wasn't what he used to be. he mm-hmm. made the pro bowl, yeah, but it wasn't a travis frederick year. he was, you know, a s- little bit better than serviceable. serviceable. Mm-hmm. he was he was brilliant cuz that uh, he he's one of the best <coughs> excuse me, he's he's one of the smartest centers in the league but his play was nowhere near the level of what he was previously when he was all pro pro bowl type of player. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I think if this was a full off season, hands down was going to win the job. I had, really. I had no doubt Tyler mm-hmm. was going to win the job over Joe Looney, none. The only competition that I saw for Tyler was if Connor McGovern doesn't win the job at left guard. And we I want think him he, to he, win I, that. Right, we want him to win that. But he was a much better, I'm sorry, not much better, but he was He was a center at Penn State the year prior to his final year. He went from center to guard. As a matter of fact, the picture that we use of uh, Connor McGovern on Cowboys Wire, his draft profile was actually him hiking the ball. So we know that he has that center background and he's capable of doing that. I think that he would have, uh, if you're doing the whole get the best five guys out there type of approach to the offensive line, um, I think McGovern is going to fit in there somewhere. I'd be actually shocked in a non-COVID environment, if Joe Looney was in that starting lineup, wow. but now that we're talking, but now that we're talking about these oh, guys that, that are young, yeah. mm-hmm. they can't practice. McGovern missed all of last year, and he had a pec injury. So you know if if, if uh, he can't stre- you know he can't work out, he can't bench press because with a torn pec, what are you going to do? Um, you know he could you can work on your lower body, and you can and you know you can work on your trunk, your base, but he can't mm-hmm. work on his upper body strength with that pec injury. So that was a wash for him. And now he has no off season, so you have two guys who, in any other year, could have been in competition. But now you're like, it's it's almost a shoe in that Joe Looney is going to start at the center. Yeah. Right, how how could he not? What's are we ver- going
3: with um, Carnell Williams? Because even Brian Brothers, well, when well, he was on the show, he once, was talking hold hold a bit second, about. Hold on one second. I don't want ahead. to move
0: forward from from yeah. real quick. I kind of want to elaborate on this to go further ahead. prove your point about Biadish. Not we forget this little little tiny detail here. They traded mm-hmm. up. To yep. get him do you trade yep. up from the fifth to the fourth round to get the rummington award winner uh at center to not really play him i don't think so but i agree with you though the COVID is a knock right
1: yeah it, as as far as Beatish goes he had he was tracking as a first round pick before the injury the injury plague season that he had uh when you know the injury that he had i, I believe something showed up at the combine Mm-hmm. Uh, and he played injured. He had an injury the previous year. So that injury knock was something that I think knocked him down into the fourth round. But as far as talent goes, and he says that he's completely healthy. He said that during the draft that he's now completely healthy. I think he would have won the job, but go, go ahead with your question about uh, Connor.
3: Go ahead, no, no, I was just going to say, what, where, where were you place him? If Connor Williams, if, if he's the guy to be that guard, and Connor McGovern steps up, and you have this situation, whereas I've heard Brian Broder said that they even gave uh, Connor Williams snaps at center to see whether he can do that. What do you do with Connor Williams on this deal? Do you actually groom him to be the left tackle because this is where I think that he should be at uh, in the future? If you're not, you know, pin- pitching your tent for Tyron Smith to be that guy for the remainder of the future, what are what are your plans and, and details of Connor Williams?
1: All right, here's my general take on things. Mm -hmm. Teron Smith plays until Teron Smith doesn't want to play anymore.
2: Yep, okay.
1: When he says he doesn't want to play anymore, I'm moving Lyell Collins to the left side. Mm, Wow, okay. If if you prefer having Collins on the right tackle side, because right now, in today's NFL, it's basically just as important it's basically just as important. So you might not move him, but if you're thinking that you want to have your best tackle on the left side, then I would think about moving Layell Collins to the left side. I think that he has the feet um, to be able to do that. He's not as quick. He's not as athletic. He's more of a mauler guy, uh, you know, than what you think about in your prototypical left tackle. But I think he has a capability of doing that. There's a reason Connor Williams dropped to the second round after playing tackle in college because people didn't think he was good enough to be a tackle in the pros. So I don't think that you can project and say that he's going to be the future at tackle because if he had that future, somebody would have drafted him as a tackle before the Cowboys got him at the end of the second round. um, um, NFL teams get it wrong all the time, but for the most part, when you're dealing with that sort of thing, a lot of teams projected him to move to guard. It wasn't just the Cowboys came out of thin air and said, we're gonna move Connor Williams to guard. And the whole world was like, oh my God, they're so crazy. No, nah, everybody was like, yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to move Carter Williams to guard. So while I think that he could be a swing tackle and have the kind of up and down the line flexibility, like the guy that they signed, Cam Irving, um, to be the swing tackle, he can you know do all of those <laughs> multiple positions. I, I know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Cam,
1: Cam, Irving, <laughs> Cam, Cam Irving in the light of being a first round pick, nasty. Uh-huh. Cam Irving in the light of, OK, well, he can play any position for you on game day and be serviceable, brilliant. Maybe that's Connor Williams' silly. You know what I'm saying? We 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 have to separate ourselves from our affection for the Cowboys and thinking that Will McClay walks on water, which yeah. he doesn't walk on water, but he gets a couple steps before he sinks. You know, when it comes to making these things, <laughs> I he, like, it. I
4: he, like he, it.
1: He gets a couple steps out there before he realizes that he's on water, and, he, and you know, like those cartoons where you don't realize it, and then once you realize it, then then gravity kicks in. That's kind of how he does when it comes to the draft. But everything's not perfect maybe Connor Williams just isn't going to be a great player. And that's okay. Not for him. Obviously, he wants to work to be a great player. But as a Cowboy fan, maybe he's just not going to be a great player. And if McGovern beats him out and Tyler is a better center and Joe Looney is the best swing person and then Cam Irvin is your up-and-down-the-line kind of guy, then Connor Williams is maybe your eighth offensive lineman. And you ride out until the end of the contract and then you set him on his way. It happens.
2: It happens. Well, you can keep him for depth. You never know. You never know how I always need some offensive linemen. They got a couple of they got guys on, you know, well, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Let's like uh, we've all said, this COVID is just really I think the biggest thing to me with this whole thing, this COVID just has me on an apprehensive thing. Like you said, I, I want to be so excited about the Cowboys because so many things look good. But this daggone COVID just has me sitting there thinking like I don't want to get excited. And we Dallas is five and no and all of a sudden they say season over. Yep. (laughs) That's it.
1: Listen, that's that's, that's a wild card. And I I know we were talking about the draft, but that's a wild card that I don't think enough people are talking about because we're all kind of doing the knock on wood good vibes type of thing right now. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But this thing could go any number of ways, any number of ways. And not just like talking about canceling the season or anything that extreme. What happens with the wide receiver room? gets an outbreak and they had to sit down for three weeks
2: that's all i've We're, been saying you, you know what like i'm saying what like you, all- what if you got a playoff game i mean a playoff position type game and somebody gets sick and then they can't play and you need that player so i, I think this this is one of the things that i
1: talked about recently um i think that the league will expand rosters uh, i've i've been saying that for for a couple uh, about a month now a couple weeks there, there's no way that they can go into COVID, a COVID season and only have 53 players on the, on the on the roster. There's no way because 10 players on your practice squad isn't enough if a position gets an outbreak and you have to quarantine an entire position. Right. Unless you're going to just say that everybody's just going to start canceling games and you have like an eight-game season and it's just hit or miss and how you do everything. You have to have players um, you know, that are able to step in and practice with a team on a regular level. Maybe not all 90 players are going to be on the roster, the, the off-season roster, but I could easily see them bumping it up to 75. Look, baseball bumped up their roster, so we, we're seeing it in action now. Um, the, you know, instead of the 40-man roster, uh, 40 the overall 40-man roster, they now have a 60-man roster so that you can pull players within the season if something happens. Football is going to do that same thing. But beyond that, all of this has changed everything. You don't know how that's going to play out as far as the infection. You don't know how meetings are going to play out. You have old coaches all over the league. The risk that the coaches take, you know, uh, of being in those type of environments. So everything is going to have to be different. They're talking about, you know, coaches running practice from the booth so that they're not on the field. Ah. with People like, you know, I mean, all of these things are being bandied about. We don't know officially what it's going to look like. They're very, they're very tight lipped, but all of these things have to be thought about segregating the locker room. The Cowboys have at, um, you know, at the Star and Frisco, the Ford Center, they have all of the locker rooms that they have for high school teams and, and all of those sorts of things. You can segment the Cowboys roster, but 31 other teams don't have that. You know what I'm saying? You could have, you know, just 10 players or, you know, 15 players in one locker room, 15 players in another locker room and so on and so forth and keep everybody separated. And then you have the whole face shield and all of that kind of stuff when they're playing. Those are the type of things that they have to work out. But any of that can go awry and change the complete outlook on how the season is going to end up being. So all of that put together, the Mike McCarthy thing, the new, the new coaching staff, not knowing what his staff, what his uh, how his staff works together. I'm sure they're doing Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff, but how the players are going to react to these coaches, we don't know any of that. They took away their entire offseason. So, how can you go into it with the same hope that you had in January about what this team was going to look like with all of these things up in the air? We just don't know. We don't know.
0: Don't. Thanks, James. Thank you. For that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'm bummed out now. Yeah. yeah, he kind of, yeah, I, yeah I, I
2: mean, remember. I just, Put I, I damn didn't want to say together.
3: but. The, it's, <laughs>
0: You heard what Jerry said.
3: Get your damn act together. All right, man. <laughs> he, he just squeezed right, the late brother. night hype. It's no it's no longer the hype.
0: I'm now. sad now, man. I'm real oh, sad.
3: Look, look, so look at
0: Sky's yeah. face. Sky
3: look like sad, a
0: little kid Damn. All this is truth, though. I don't want to diminish it. But
1: well, let but let but damn. let me circle it back around. Let me circle back around. If the Cowboys had better coaching last year, Mike McCarthy is worth two wins. Jason yeah. Garrett and his staff lost Still here at least two games last year at mm-hmm. least so I would say I would say that the improvement of Mike McCarthy is worth two wins getting rid of Jason Garrett is worth two wins and when I say getting rid of Jason Garrett I'm including the fact that Jason Garrett kept riding with that horrible kicker that I've been trying to get rid of for a year and a half that they finally pulled the plug on midseason, Brett Maher there was no way that he should have been kicking for the team, but they literally lost games because they had no confidence in the kicker and they would have drives that should have been scores and the momentum and, and the enthusiasm, their play calling, (laughs) (laughs) everything. It, It affected their play calling. It affected their morale, everything. And they just kept trotting him out there. Those decisions I put on Jason Garrett, when I say that he lost at least two games last year. So combined with that, I think with a better coaching staff and the removal of those errors and the lame duckness and all the craziness with the leadership and all of that disarray. I think the Cowboys are a 12 win team. Mm. If they get to any semblance of being able to make that happen, I think it can be a special year. We just don't know whether or not that's going to, they're going to have the opportunity to do that. Mm. But if they do, if they can put that magic together and compete against these teams with staff that have been together for three years and know their routine and have been able to basically, like, shit, Sean, pardon my French. No, Sean you're good. No,
2: oh, no, you can <laughs> It's a late, late night hike. <laughs> it's a late night hike. You cuss all you want.
1: <laughs> Sean Payton told his team to go home. Like, that's how confident he is that they know his system. He told him he was like, nah, we'll, we'll meet in training camp. Don't worry about this all season. We're not doing this Zoom bullshit. Just go. Mm-hmm. Just, just go be with your family. Stay safe. Because he can do that, mm-hmm. the Cowboys don't really have that opportunity because we don't know this coach. The players don't know this coach, so right. they're behind the eight ball and, they, and they're working in Good their point. playbook. And they're, it's just a whole different thing. So it's not it's not a death sentence. It's just more difficult. But maybe they can do it. May, may, maybe they're able to pull it off. But because they have the talent, they clearly have the talent. I mean, you go down the Cowboys roster, and it's a stacked roster. So let's see what they can do.
3: Hey it? KD, I want to ask you this though. Uh outside of Mike McCarthy, who is the uh offseason hire as it relates to coaching, the best mm. one for you? For the Cowboys? For the Cowboys. It don't Easy. have to be the actual coach. It can be Rob Davis. It could be anybody. Who's who's the MVP, like the best offseason acquisition besides Mike McCarthy? Oh. Oh my goodness. Um put you on the spot. Yeah, you put me on the spot game. now. I'm
1: trying to. I'm trying to run through. I wasn't enthusiastic. I can tell you the one that I'm least enthusiastic okay. about. Yeah, yeah work that that, too. that was Mike Nolan. I. I <laughs> had no idea how Mike Nolan resurfed at the defense coordinator in this
3: league. He's not good. He he's you didn't not like the Saints I, defense last year. I. I, I don't like. He, he wasn't it was. The no, it was, he was a linebacker. No, he was a linebacker coach. So You saw how they played, bro. You didn't like that.
0: Here's. Here's. Let Man. me. Let me. Let me ask go you ahead. this, go KD. Ahead. Is it is it the fam, the I hate this word familiar with Mike McCarthy? Remember they coached with each other, I believe. Yeah. Maybe
1: for a short. I, I period think of time. I think Nolan I think Nolan gave McCarthy his first job. Something right. something along those something lines along those lines. lines. Uh, yeah.
0: what was first prominent because I think he was in right. Saints and then he came to OC with uh, right. exactly. Mike Nolan. Yeah. Um yeah. so so you got that and then his track record with a hybrid style defense cuz here's my thing about the defense. I'm excited about the philosophical shift. Mike Nolan's last stint as a DC, a lot of people will say, why like you said, why is he a defensive coordinator? He was horrible in, in Atlanta. Right? Yep. You go look, Atlanta's defense was not was not that good. Didn't have a lot of players to be that good. But his track record is so long. He does have seasons in, in, in ten years where it wasn't good. He has ten seasons in ten years where it was good. So I can I understand you. I understand you. I yeah, understand. because I I wrote an
1: article and I and, um, forgive me, like I said, you guys know, I, I, I've been doing the move. So um, mm-hmm. I've been kind of out of football brain for a couple of weeks now. So a lot of stuff that I would normally be able to recall right away, I don't come, come up with right away. But Mike Nolan, when you looked at the history of his defensive rankings throughout his career and his career spans back to the early 90s it's very lengthy it's been it's been it's lengthy but it's mediocre it's middle length. like his yeah. His, yeah. His, his, yeah. his his rankings he has a lot of teams that were in the bottom half of the league and you're just like okay well maybe he he's you know he fits what McCarthy wants to do and he has some sort of chemistry with McCarthy that when they're together it'll work better but it, it wasn't a very enthusiastic hiring for me
3: he he was kind of cool with the Ravens. Uh, we had uh, uh we had what, Anthony but that, yeah, that was in two thousand. Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was way back in
2: the day. But I just yeah. think you know a lot of times these guys, KD, these guys get recycled. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the familiarity. You yeah. know they don't give the new guy a chance. And and since this is uh, what we call uh. I'm not going to say the make or break type season, but you got guys that are veterans. You don't have time to sit there and wait and figure it out if you're good or you're not. And I think that's why you see a lot of these guys that have been 15, 20 year coordinators, they get recycled and get the first hire because they're so familiar and they're used to, and they don't give that new guy a chance that can come in and really be a nasty coordinator for you. Yeah. You know, um, I was on,
1: I was on a uh, episode of, um, Oh, I forgot the name of his show. Ed- Edward Egros, uh, who used to be on TV in the Dallas area, uh, I did. I did his podcast recently. We were talking mm-hmm. about um, the hiring of black coaches and, and the issue of getting, um, you know, black head coaching positions and, and how much of a struggle it is. It's because it's so difficult to get them through the pipeline now we know that most head coaches come from the offensive side of football now uh and most come from being offensive coordinator most offensive coordinators come from being quarterback coaches and you don't see very many black quarterback coaches uh so that's part of the reason why we have the issue but the other side of it is exactly what you just said people hire who they're familiar with and then right. the coaching network has always been a uh for lack of a better term, brotherhood, who you know, uh, you know, and who you've worked with before, that's what makes it so difficult. These guys just go with who's familiar with them, as opposed to bringing on somebody that might have a good reputation, but they're not quite sure how well they're going to mesh. Um, so, so that's a very big issue. And, and seeing a guy, uh, you know, off of his last um, couple seasons, let me, let me pull this up. Mike Nolan had in his career, He has 21 years of head coaching experience, of of coaching Coaching,
4: experience,
1: DC DC or head coach, 21 years. Seven of those years, he was a top, he had a top 10 defense. In 1993 with the Giants, he had the number one defense. Uh, He had a couple, he had three sixes, a five and an eight. But he had just as many times that he was ranked 23rd or below. Seven times his defense was ranked 23rd or below. He was ranked dead last. His defense was dead last when he was the head wow. coach of San Francisco in 2006. He had a 30. He has a 28, two 27s. So he's really been hit or miss. He's been all over the place in which Mike McCarthy, I'm uh, sorry, which Mike Nolan you're going to get. But when you look at it by years, the good years are, you know, in the past. They're not. The 90s. Yeah. The 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> like, um, well, it just well, hasn't well, been the same.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys this, Dan. Uh, One of the better hires that I've seen, uh, because we loved everything from the Minnesota Vikings from 2014 to 2019, was George Edwards. Edwards. By him, even now, it could be a situation where he's coming in. And yes, he's not the defensive coordinator. He's a positioning coach. But I think that he will have a lot of influence on this defense. Do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and, and he he's not even a position coach; he's the uh, senior defensive assistant.
2: Um,
3: what is that? They, look, <laughs> they see, they have making up, up names. Look, Just like Will McClay, it's a made-up position for him. Yeah, but go yep. ahead. But go I mean, ahead. but you
1: you have um, so Rob Davis is the assistant head coach, right. and he's not really an X's and O's guy. He's more of a you know like a um,
0: player manager,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. That's what he is. He he's a uh, he's a mental aspect kind of guy. Uh, so I'm very intrigued by that hire. Um, I love what George Edwards did uh, with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. I think that he's a great addition. And if he has a strong voice in the room, I'm completely on board with that. Uh, my favorite hire of the staff, Jim Sula
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: Jim Tomsula. Okay. I, the grunt, the grunt,
0: nonsense.
1: Y'all, y'all, y'all know I, I'm in the D.C. area, so as much as I love my Cowboys, I'm also exposed Get to that team to in Redskins, Washington. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, exposed to that team. To that that defensive line, bro, yeah. That defensive line. What he did with them, they are fierce.
0: You know who it was I like a him. Fierce group. I liking him too, KD. Who's that? It's another former, uh Washington. Offensive line coach Bill Callahan. I liken him to the defensive line Bill Callahan, yep. per se. Yep. You don't want him as a head coach, but right. boy, as a defense or offensive line coach, they are one of the best in the entire NFL.
1: I look forward, I immensely look forward to what he can do with the young guys. And the veterans, I think that he's a type of guy that even when he gets a veteran that's been in the league for years, like McCoy and Poe and Tank and Tyrone Crawford, he has something that he's going to be able to teach those guys. And then the young guys, the, the Bradley and um, and, you know, Neville Gallim- Gallimore and Tristan Hill, those kind of guys I'm looking forward to the reunion with Alden Smith. Bruh, I can't wait to see what Jim's Tom Sula does with this defensive line. That is clearly to me going to be the strength of the Cowboys defense. The secondary is a huge question mark. But if those guys up front can do damage, I think that they can, you know, uh, speed up the clock on the quarterback, uh, shut down the run. I think they're going to be a much better run defense team than what Rod Marinelli had them doing. Um, I, I think it's going to make all the difference in the world having Jim Tom Sula. He, he, he's going to be uh, the biggest non-Mike McCarthy hire for the Cowboys coaching staff.
0: I'll, I'll challenge bones you. Bones Fossil. Yeah, I'll know, challenge you I'll, I'll on go that. Ahead,
3: go ahead. go ahead. John
0: Bones Fossil because we have been horrible, <laughs> horrible on special <laughs> teams horrible. for 15, 10, 15 horrible. years. Horrible. <laughs> wow. Horrible. So when you give me a guy Deadline. who's been one of the best in, in league probably the last decade, yep. It's yep. like, man. Listen, if he can sneak out one win because of a fake punt or a fake kick, or just yep. disciplined football on special teams, or an, or we actually get, dare I say, as all nation like to say, a twenty-five yard punt return, just nah. something. Just,
1: just, nah. just give us that. Don't,
0: don't play with my
1: emotions. Don't play with my emotions. We don't.
0: <laughs> we, we,
1: we don't deserve. We get- it? Dog, we don't deserve nice things. We don't, that, that's what it comes down to. When it comes to special teams, somewhere down the line, all of Cowboys fandom pissed off the special teams football guy. Joe that's that all we see right here, Joe Kamalilas.
2: What's his name, Joe Kamalilas?
1: Yep. Fair catch, that's all we see is yep. fair yep. catch. <laughs> it's it's catch. <laughs> listen, listen, um, who, what was it? Was it Tavon Austin oh, that yeah. they forced him
2: to call oh, a fair catch
1: or something? And he had like the entire
2: universe and, and the red hey, team partying of him. Hey, he had ball we had game. Phil, we have Philip Tanner on here. Ooh. and He actually worked with the special teams <laughs> yeah, the last admitted, two yeah, years. yeah, 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 yeah. And he, came, it was funny because he came, he came correctly. He came, he came clue, he came clean with it. He
0: said, "You know what? We messed up. Yeah, we messed <laughs> up." He said, "We messed you know.
2: up on that play, and Tavon did the right thing. Tavon did what we were telling him to do, but yeah. we we dropped the ball on that. We should have never did that." Yeah, I love the follow. Yeah, yeah it, I, you're, love, you're right. I love I love getting Al Harris in there. I love Tom Sula, but I love bringing Al Harris in there just yep. because I watched Al Harris, and I I know we don't want to just watch. You got to see where he coached because I know he right. right. We, right, we right, don't know right, right, right. He was with hmm. KC and things of that nature. But I'm just saying, I love his aggressive approach because he he still like to coach like he played. So I just like and, to see how those guys are because Dallas haven't had aggressive corners in a long time.
1: Speak, speaking of Al Harris, when um, when they made the hire, and I was doing some research, uh, you know, trying to find an interesting fact about each of the new uh, coaching hires, Eric yeah. Berry's best season was with Al Harris. Oh wow! Safety Don't Eric tell me Berry. That. His, his his best season. Now we know his injury history and, and all that goes with Eric Berry and the unfulfilled potential. But his best season was when Al Harris had a, had, had a hand in his coaching. So wow. that to me made me very hopeful for what he could do with Xavier Woods. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I'm. I, 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 we see that Xavier Woods has so much potential, and we thought that he was going to turn the corner in 2019, and it didn't really happen. But there's so much potential in that dude. I, I, I hope with between Al Harris and uh, Mo Linguis, uh, the, the Texas a and guy that they brought on, you know, to be the other defensive mm-hmm. backs coach. Yeah. And I'm not even. You know, I'm not even sure what the hierarchy is between those guys. Is <laughs> right. which, which one's the cornerback? Which one's the safety? Are right. they both? For, you Jesus. know, whatever, whatever that whatever that magic is going to be, yeah. I, I like that DB coaching room compared to – we all fell in love with Chris Richard because he came from Seattle. But now we see why Seattle let listen, him go.
0: Listen, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Al Harris must have some juice that Chris Rashard didn't have because Chris Rashard preached the same goddamn thing that Al Harris yeah. preached. I want big yeah. tall corners, but the Cowboys said, "Nah, you just work with what we got." Well, Al Harris is on this staff, and we brought in six one Daryl Worley, six <laughs> one Savion Smith, six <laughs> one Charles Rob or, uh, Robinson, six one Diggs, six
1: all these big dudes. But wasn't that the weirdest thing that they went ahead and hired Chris Rashard and then gave him none nothing. of the things that he nothing. asked for? That's, 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 that's
0: why I don't come at him. That's <laughs> why I don't come at him, fam.
1: What are you doing? That's 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 true. I mean, they, they did nothing. And we, and we talked about it like they, they did nothing in the draft. But, but a, piece of, in- that, a like- piece
3: of that is falling on him because he had the opportunity to, to fight for Warren Thornhill. But he said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to relinquish my, my power and let do we, do we, we know that's goal. what yeah, happened? I think they after they after know he, what said. Happened. he said he wanted what's best for the team, and he said, "Hey, if yeah, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on, fight, hold on, that's hold on, fight. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold
2: on, hold
1: on, hold 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 on, we know that right. wasn't Will McClay, but he yeah. came out and he said, because I'm the because that's my job, I have to take the lumps as well as the but we know Rod Marinelli banged the table for Taco Charles. We Dang know man, that Rod wasn't man. on, yeah. on yeah, yeah, we know that wasn't on Will McClay. And yeah. as a play, as a person in Chris Richard's position, what he was put in, and you got and, and, and you guys know that if you have head coach aspirations as a black coach, mm-hmm. you have to move carefully. You, yeah. you have to move carefully. There's, the a, thing hierarchy. You there's a hierarchy yeah. and there's also the some, black coaches don't get forgiven the same way. It was that. over
2: KD in Philadelphia. <laughs> Is that
0: what you're saying? When he when he bumped the coach? Oh, yeah. Even though he really, said, we don't do that. I think you're it. talking about politics, KD. Behind, Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm more I'm more talk about the politics behind okay. it. Okay. You have to move. You have to move a certain way. We know
3: sure. you, you're looking at. But I'm banging nothing, that table. Up. I'm saying, Warren Thornhill. He can or bang it all I'm he gonna... wants. <laughs> he can yeah, bang he, it all he, he wants.
0: Nobody in the organization. He ain't got though. no juice in Dallas. Yeah. He had no juice.
4: He yeah, he,
1: he, cl- he clearly he clearly didn't have any juice. So so Sky, you're right. I won't put it all on him on somewhere. his inability. All on him. I won't do that. Yeah. But yeah, there there was definitely something that didn't that didn't work with what he was preaching to the guys that he did have. You know what I'm saying? Because there, there was something that did He was given the terminology, the play calling, and control of the secondary, and they weren't a good secondary. So whether or not you want to talk about, you know, Obuzier, um, you know, being overdrafted, if that's what you want to consider it, Jordan Lewis not working out, um, you know, all all the guys that they had right before Chris Richard came because they were drafted mm. in 2017, and he took over in 2018. He had chips to play with. We'll see whether or not those guys perform whether it be this year in Dallas or future spots with different defense coordinators and different secondary coaches that'll be the true litmus test on whether or not he was doing a good job of getting those guys together but for whatever reason it just didn't work um and and now
2: they're trying something new
0: the further well, you didn't have a um, go ahead my most best, to I further bet. your point on the situation where they don't get a, a lot of second third fourth chance I shouldn't say second chances but they can't screw up. Look what has happened. He publicly screwed up in Dallas, right? Chris Rich Rashard does not have a job, and we're right. acting not like even as a position coach, not even a position. Coach. Yeah, we're acting like right, Chris Rashard right? Rich is just horrible team. coach. He is not a horrible coach, but when you screw up publicly in Dallas, yep. or you oh, have yeah. these riffs, because remember he got into it with the linebackers coach, and all yep. of a sudden linebackers coach yep. got sick. Right. And, and who's to say him and, and, and Rob Marinelli were on the same page? Because I believe there was too many cooks in the yeah, damn kitchen. Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and who's to say that him and 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 uh, uh the head coach, Jason Garrett, saw eye to eye with certain things? I, I just don't. I just think it was such, like you said, a weird season in 2019, not only with the players but with the coaching, because the lamed up coach and yada, 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 that maybe, you know, the example of what you're saying about coaches, black coaches not being able to mess up too much is it, happening. Richard does not have a job.
1: And, and and also if you're looking at it from from you know the macro point of view, they brought in the defensive coordinator and didn't give him the defensive coordinator title and kept right. the old guy. And mm-hmm. they kept the old guy. That that was the thing is, don't give me the car
3: saying it's still, it's still, you still own the car, but you can drive the car, but you gotta have it in by eleven o'clock. No, give me the keys. Let it. Let me get my own car. Let me run my own car. If I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down my way, Frank Sinatra. I'm just gonna do it my way. (laughs) You know, they gave him, they they gave him the play calling.
1: They gave him the control of the defense, but they didn't give him the title, and they kept the old boss. Like, yeah. that's just a weird dynamic that the whole they, they game, everything,
3: the plan. <laughs>
1: everything. Well, Will McClay is a little different. See, I give the, I give the Joneses a pass because if you run a right. family business, you're never going to see control to anybody outside of the family. That's the way that you want to run it. I give them a pass on that. You okay. know, a lot of people ask me if they don't give Will McClay the title because he's black. I don't think that's the case when it comes to when it comes to that. The Jones right. just aren't going to give anybody outside anybody, of the Jones yeah. family. It's I going agree. to be Stephen Jones next and then it's going to be the kid that's a quarterback at Arkansas in 15 years. <laughs> it's going to stay in the family. That's it's just that's what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do. But when it came to Chris Richard and Rod Marinelli, that was just so weird, man. They how, how do you keep how do you keep Marinelli? Said, how, hey. how did you do but that? But you know what said, hey, I
2: wanna, I want to ask you a question though right quick. Um cuz I think uh, DJ Dog 31 said on here and I want two things I want to ask you right quick. Uh, because I, I did a video on Cheeto and he had, I brought an interview from Clay Mack. He was a defensive line, defensive back coach, and he was saying Cheeto wanted to do other things at the line of scrimmage, but Chris Richard was saying, "No, you cannot do this. This is what you're not going to do." And he was saying, "I need to learn some different things because Amari, I'm guarding Amari Cooper, and he's showing me all these different things, and I'm not allowed to do this, and I'm not allowed to do that." So I think that may hinder Cheeto as well. I know what you're saying about the whole scheme of Cheeto. But when you're not allowed to do something as a player and the right, coach will right. not allow you to do it, it's going to hurt System. you because he's already saying I'm at a disadvantage already yeah. because he, Chris Richard has not allowed me to do it. And another thing, not just with Chris Richard, you know, uh, with him being a black coach, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. But Matt Iberflus was the was there as well. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he left was because he said i don't want (laughs) to step on rod marinelli's toes and i also feel that he was saying that i'm not going to be the coordinator i'm not going to be the guy that is the coordinator so i want to go somewhere where i am the defensive coordinator right
1: right now that 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 makes a lot of sense and and it circles back to what we were talking about earlier uh when, when um Sorry, sorry, sorry. Lost, lost my train of thought. I had something going on in the background. What they did was, they thought.
0: <laughs> they did was, they gave Chris Richard, They said, "You can be the cook, right? We want you right. to make this potato salad, we right? But we're going to give you Karen's recipe. They ain't let him have the recipe. They ain't <laughs> yeah. let him cook it up. and now we now got, we raisins got raisins and now exactly. <laughs> we got raisins <laughs> in the potato salad. Exactly.
3: We got raisins
0: in the damn potato salad. Raisins in the potato salad, and we want to be mad at the chef. Come on, man. And I'm not saying the dude is is a Hall of Fame coach or anything like that because he he gets a bad rap because he yells and he screams and everything, but he has a certain style that he coaches, and he wasn't allowed to go get those certain style of players. He had to do do it with the guys that he inherited. And if you noticed, the the only guy that was able to make those raisins work was the raisin that was already there, Byron Jones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Byron. And you know, By- Byron, uh, he takes he took a lot of weird flack. Um, you right. know, if, if you guys listen to me, the night that Byron D- Jones got drafted, he was probably my the one pick that was down the line. Like everybody knew when they drafted Elliot, it was Elliot or Ramsey. And you know, some of the picks that the Cowboys have is clear. But when the Cowboys picked Byron Jones, they were down to like number 27. Yeah. But he was he was a guy. He was a guy that I wanted. It was Byron Jones or Bust and we thought that Philadelphia was going to take him in the early 20s and all these other spots. Byron Jones was my guy that draft. So I was ecstatic when they got him. And then they played him out of position.
3: They moved him to safety. Mm. He played safety. damn good inside the slot, though, <laughs> uh, against those tight, tight ends when he played. Yeah, down. he did. Now, he, yeah. he did. He did. But to
1: be honest, Byron Jones is great at every single aspect of playing in the secondary, except for catching the football. Like yeah. everything, he does everything else great, but can't catch a football to save his life. Like he, he was it
3: like was his rookie year. He went against Gronk. He did pretty good. And two I think it was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, he he good he he had
1: he had a, he had a couple pass defenses. He had a he had a couple knockaways against Gronk. I remember mm-hmm. I remember those plays. Like I'm I'm seeing it in my head right now. Like it was uh, going when, across. When, the, he was he going yeah that slant pattern. Yep. And, yep. and he the back.
4: Yep,
1: I shut it in my head right now.
0: He shut down Ertz's rookie year.
1: He's, he's had some incredible games. And the interesting thing that I that I noticed was when they didn't, there were games where he didn't get targeted at all. Like, right. I'm not just talking about like, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm just talking, um, you know, figuratively. Literally, there That's were games good, yeah. where they did not throw at Byron Jones and they picked on a woozy at and had success on the Woozy. They picked the, the Lions game. On, right? I don't, I
0: think one of those <laughs> Lions games they did the even Lions target. game. Yep.
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh-huh. that's and that's the game where everybody was like, "Oh, well, Stafford's making perfect passes. He's dropping it in the they bucket." Just didn't
0: go to his side. So, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yeah. But um, the the secondary was was a bit of a mess. Um, we hope that the clarity in the coaching staff will affect that, uh, but we just don't. Uh, we don't know. We don't know we what don't the talent know. looks like with this yeah. team. You know what I'm saying? Every, everybody, the question mark. Damn, uh, that, that that's damn what, COVID. That's <laughs> that's what I was uh, saying when I was talking about <laughs> circling back, circling back around earlier when we were talking about scheme. Uh, you made a great point, James, about the fact that how how he was saying that Chris Rashard didn't let him play in a uh, you know the, the the techniques that he wanted to. You got to be in a situation that works with what your talents are that, that it's paramount when it comes to the secondary. So we can sit here and we can, and you know, I, I have jokes and again, it became a running meme that I was picking on a woozy because that. It just kind of became a thing on Twitter or whatever, but he could very well be just as good as advertised when he came out of Colorado, but he just wasn't with the right scheme. And, and it could be a whole different thing under, uh you know, Mo Linguist and Al Harris, if given the opportunity, they haven't had a chance to see him, but what they saw on tape, they thought, we're going in a different direction than what this dude is doing.
2: I mean, <laughs> Safety, I mean, let's try.
1: Right, right. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But there, there's a lot of there's a lot of no, known talent on the Cowboys roster. There's a lot of potential guys that they've invested in that could be a lot better than how they've played in the past. And I think when you have that kind of mixture, it could lead to a really exciting season for the Cowboys defense, if they could get it all together.
0: My question mark's over there. A but, man, there's a lot of talent. Um, but just gotta put it together. Yeah, gotta yeah. put it together, and I feel like they go. They can. They got room for one more, whether it be clowny whether it be Everson Griffin, whether it be Jamal Adams. There is room for one more to put you over the hump, man.
3: That's just that's yeah. just yeah. my opinion. Man, we talked this Cowboys all night, man. Oh my gosh, They're man, there. it's been phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, once Amen.
0: again, I gotta hey, give everybody a spinnin'. round of applause. We went two hours and some change, and we haven't mentioned C. D. Lamb yet.
4: How did that happen?
0: <laughs> How? You know, where else do you get this at, man? This is why you gotta come to the late night hype. This is why you gotta subscribe to KD Drummond. Because he we all can give you this detailed talk that you're not gonna find on the big networks. And no knock to the big networks. No they ain't, you're not ain't talking about all this over mm-hmm. here, man. But before no, we not. before we let you go, I gotta get your take on the CD Lamb thing. I asked everybody this right here. Kind of le- B- B- give me the buildup you had as that pick was falling and dropping, mm-hmm. and what you were thinking because we did a oh, we did man. a draft show and and we were like ignoring it for a little bit, but then around about pick ten, pick eleven, pick twelve, we're like, uh, guys, is uh, this, this really happen? happening? Right
1: <laughs> now? Yep, yep. I was I was going time. through, I was going through pick by pick as as we drop mm-hmm. down, like you said, around ten, you start thinking, and the wide receivers haven't really gone. <laughs> Mm. That could kind uh, of happen. It's not going to happen. It's going to be Chaseon. Right. I hope Chaseon's there. I hope Chaseon's there. <laughs> that was that was everybody's fear going into the draft. It was can Chaseon get past Atlanta? That Somebody was the that was them. everybody's fear. Atlanta was at sixteen. They obviously you know they they let um Beasley,
2: Beasley
1: they let Beasley go. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was an obvious need for them too. And you were just sitting there thinking hey, if he can get past there. And then Lamb is just still sitting on the board. And you're like, Mm. okay, so San Francisco and San Francisco, I think Tampa made the swap. And you're like, okay, well, they didn't trade up for a wide receiver. They traded up for Ken Law. Okay. Mm. So you start doing the list. You have your short list of all the players that you say, okay, if they get Ken Law, if they get on, if they get Lamb, I'm ecstatic. And each of those guys, and then Ken Law came off the board to San Francisco. And you were like, okay, well, they still have the two. And then he got down, and you're like, you get down to Atlanta, Den- the pick before Denver. Atlanta.
0: Denver. They took okay. a receiver. And we yeah. right. Denver so Jerry, Denver Jerry, Jerry right Denver took the other. Denver took Judy.
1: Denver took Judy. There and and then you're like, okay, well, okay, this could actually happen. Yeah. So the whoever picked before Atlanta didn't take either Lamb or was, was it Denver that was it right before Atlanta?
0: I believe it Denver was. Denver was right
1: before Atlanta. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah.
0: Right <laughs> so at Juju. that
1: point. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. So at that point, when they got down to those the last three picks before the Cowboys, you knew that they were going to get one of those guys. They were gonna get the guy that you thought that you were targeting for the last two weeks, Chase on, or you were gonna get one of the two receivers that you had no idea they had any chance at. So you were already ecstatic, but everybody really wanted it to be Lamb.
3: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> really, everybody,
1: you really wanted it to be Lamb. Lamb. And when he I'm, I'm still team Atlanta,
3: defense, but go ahead.
1: But listen, but then Atlanta made the pick. And I don't even remember who Atlanta took. They took uh, the corner. They took the corner. They took the corner who was the fear factor for Cowboys fans. Right. (laughs) Please "Please "Please don't get Terrell. Terrell." Please don't take Terrell. And Atlanta took them on the board. And you were like, they got choice. Not only are they going to get one of these guys, but they have a choice. Which one they want. But KD, I was scared
0: of that choice. I was scared because Chase
1: you were listen, going to take Chase on yes. yeah. because listen, yeah. listen they were building them up they had DeMarcus Ware out there talking mm-hmm. about I see Chase on as the next me all of those things they the, the Cowboys are a great marketing team and I thoroughly mm. believe that they put those feelers out there I know you know I, I don't have the contacts within the organization but I know enough people that do have those contacts that they start to hear these sorts of things and I know how the Cowboys like to send out the feelers through yeah. certain members of the media. I know which media mm. members the Cowboys drop information to when oh, they when they want, when they want to get, get the public when they want to get the public behind a certain move that they're going to make. I know mm. which guys those are, and every one of those guys was doing the chase on thing. The Cowboys were putting it out there to prepare everybody, get the feelers, that everybody know that Chase the next the
3: Marcus where you know all of Listen, that. Yeah, I remember all, yeah. all of
1: that. They were doing all yeah. of that. <laughs> on was going to be the guy. They had no clue Land was going to drop to them, and so the uh-huh. fear was having both of them in front of them. Do you want forty burgers or do you want sacks? And uh, damn it, they chose right.
3: They chose forty burgers. Finally. Put
1: Put the the burgers. points on the board. Put the points on <laughs> the board. I, I can't burgers. wait to see and. I wrote an article, you know, the, the Cowboys have Amari Cooper, they signed him for the five year deal $100 million, exactly what I predicted very All proud right. of that one, $20 million a year yeah. they have an out, they have an out after two yeah. years Yeah, it's a it's two year deal, they have Gallup free agent, because mm. rookie contract four years, free agent the same year so they can mm. either keep Cooper on his contract mm. or they can cut him, pay Gallup and then they have another three years of control of whichever of those two guys plus Lamb. And then you can recycle and just keep drafting wide receivers and keep the party going. Man. You're a the, Cowboys, man. The, the Cowboys, they are in a perfect position to be a juggernaut. Yeah. If they would just freaking sign Dak Prescott.
3: Ooh, just sign how, much money, how much money will really it free up? Just just let the nation know oh, yeah. how much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because will that free up? Yeah, please
0: elaborate. Now, well, we don't it, really know, but. Theoretically speaking. Right,
1: right. Yeah, the, yeah. Theoretically speaking, the way the salary cap works is that uh, when you're on a franchise tag, you don't have multiple years to sign, to, to spread out the cap hit for. You pay that much mm-hmm. money in that one year. So he signed for, he he signed the tender, $31.4 million is how much he hit, he costs against the cap right now. If mm-hmm. they were to sign him to, let's say, what he's looking for, the four-year deal at, let's say, $35, 36000000 million a year, it's not going to be a $35 million cap hit. The cap hit is actually gonna go down from the $31 million because a lot of that money, and we don't know how much, but in the past, they've put most of the year one money in a signing bonus. And why Mm -hmm. that matters is this. A base salary goes on the cap for whatever year you pay the base salary. But even though they're going to pay him the signing bonus in 2020, theoretically, if they sign him to the long-term contract, they pay him the money now, but Mm -hmm. the cap hit is as spread out over up to five years of the contract. So if it's a five-year contract you spread, let's say they gave him a $50 million signing bonus. The salary cap hit from the bonus isn't $50 million in year one, it's 10 million in year one, 10 million in year two, year three, year four, year five. So you could easily give him $50 million right now, spread it out over five years. Let's say it's a five-year deal, just for easy math, $10 million a year and give him a $1 million base salary. Dak Prescott makes $51 million in cash this year but he only counts $11 million against Ooh. the 2020 cap. Ooh. So you've just given him $20 million more than you were gonna give him. You're gonna give him 31 million, you actually gave him 51 million, but it's actually going to save $20 million off of this $20 year's
0: million. cap. Oh million, oh my God. Wow.
1: Oh, now look, now, now there's more to it because what right that now. means is that when you pay him the big salary in year two, and you're giving mm-hmm. him $35 million base salary in year two, you now on top of that have another $10 million from that signing bonus as prorated. So even though he's only going to make $35 million in cash in year two, he's now hitting your cap for $45 million instead wow. because you have that signing bonus. So it's a balancing act of when the money is available. Now, the thing people talk about is dead money and they, oh, we don't want dead money. If you cut the guy and all that kind of stuff, you're paying for guys. You're not cutting back. First of all, you're paying for guys that aren't on your roster anymore. But here's how it works. In a normal year, the salary cap goes up every year. So say you have $10 million in 2020 and the cap is 200 million. But then you have the same amount and you can push it off to 2021. But the cap in 2021 is 225 million. That $10 million that was in 2020 that's now moved to 2021 takes up a smaller percentage of that year's cap. So pushing that money off into the future when the cap theoretically keeps going up means that you're actually getting more bang for your buck by pushing off. That's why when the capitalists do these restructures, they're not only just saving money off of the cap, they're lessening the impact of the same amount of money. They have the same cluster of money that they've paid this guy. The deal is worth a hundred million dollars. But if you're taking a majority of the cap hit in a year where the cap is smaller, then you're doing more damage to your cap compared to if you push it off into the future where you have a higher cap. So all of those sorts of things come into play when you're talking about giving Dak Prescott a long-term deal and why the Cowboys want to give him five years or six years, because they're able to do all of those gains with the salary cap that they can't do if they give them a three or four year deal um, if they sign into a signing bonus for three years then Dak Prescott then you can only spread out that $50 million hit over the three years instead of the five years because you can't go be, when you're doing the, uh, the amortization mm. you can't go beyond the total length of the contract so all of that comes into play, and that's really the sticking point and why Dak isn't signed right now. The Cowboys want to have the flexibility to spread that big cap hit over the duration of what they're used to. They give five years. If they give a six-year contract, they do a restructure bonus in the second year. So you have two cheap years as far as a cap. All of those sorts of things is really wow. how the Cowboys like to do their business. But Dak Prescott ain't going for it. He's like, why would I do that for y'all? if you're not going to give me the $45 million that I know that I would get on the open market in 2022. So that's wow. what the whole balance is right now. People talk about it's just smart business on Dak's part not to sign that long-term deal. And it's smart business on the Cowboys' part to want to sign him to a long-term deal and get those savings. But, they but they're could, but they going to lose. There's no mm-hmm. way that the Cowboys can win this battle. Nope. No matter what happens, if the Cowboys flop next year, are they moving on from Dak Prescott? No. Is he going to be any cheaper? No. No. Nope. And like I said, so you, how
0: they're not going to win? Do you want him to go into the season on this on this franchise tag with this offense? <laughs> hey, listen, do me a, hey, can you do me a favor, uh,
2: Skywalker? Drop listen. one of clues bombs for Katie. Oh,
0: I was about to drop this one. For I got one better for you. <laughs> I got one better for you. I got one better for you. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, he, he just bombs. Fire. 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 Just just <laughs> you, though. Drop some cool There you go. That, I that, got you, that man. Cool bombs on oh, that one. My goodness. Hey, hey people hey, need listen. to hear
2: that, Katie, because so many people don't know this what you're saying, and they need to hear this because the first thing they hear when you hear a number of thirty-five man, oh, Dak is greedy and blah 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 blah. Greedy. You need to hear the whole damn thing. Listen, but like you said, Dallas, mm-hmm. you better do it now because if you if Dak goes out there with Mike McCarthy. And he did that with Jason Garrett, and he and he comes in with Mike McCarthy. He gonna ball out again, and you're really gonna pay some money. Listen,
1: listen, If if Dak hits 4,500 yards passing, there. My um, prediction at the beginning of uh, the off season of 2019, February 2019. <coughs> Excuse me.
2: <clears throat> you spit all them flames, dog. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <right? the> flame. <laughs> <laughs> that boy the fire spit people over fire, there.
3: A <laughs> I came hey, out get some and, water, and, and,
0: fam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> came out with I came out with a prediction in February 2019 that the Cowboys should pay Dak Prescott 29 million dollars a year. And people mm. were pissed. I remember
0: that. They were right.
1: pissed. 29 million dollars a year. I got cursed out. I right. mean, people cursed me out about spending Jerry Jones's
4: money. <laughs> like imagine that I'm,
1: I'm I'm trying to spend Jerry Jones's money and y'all right. mad at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the time, people were saying he's a 20 million dollar quarterback, maybe 23. The top of the the top of the market, people were saying were 23, 24 million dollars. I had people that run in my circle of people that I respect their cap ideas. You know, there's there, there's a group of us that discuss the cap regularly offline. We don't even put most of the stuff we talk about on Twitter. They were saying twenty-six million dollars was going to be the number. I said, "Nah, that's a twenty-nine million-dollar man." Mm. And people balked. The Cowboys would have loved to have that. Oh for $29 my gosh!
0: Right now, oh, my, right
4: now. my goodness. Be, can, he he you ma- doing, can you imagine? Can you imagine that?
3: Backflips right now. They'd be like, yeah. "We, we if, did a great deal." Hey, if they had I, find, I, I if can go they had all the way like, back. I can go all the way back, like the first time with D. Law and when they franchise franchise yep. tag him twice. He could have been a 14 million guy or 13, but but they they talked about it. They know you're, you're exactly
1: right. They, his his representative talked about, like I believe he actually said the amount that they would have accepted if they had made the offer. And it was somewhere much less than what they're paying him right now. So the Cowboys have always done this thing. They keep losing like all (laughs) of these situations, the Cowboys, they structure contracts great, but unless the player is taking a hometown discount, like what Collins did or what Jalen Smith did, The Cowboys keep losing these things. They lost Tank, they lost Elliott, and they're gonna lose Dak. Like those are the three biggest contracts that they're dealing with in the recent memory and they lost all of them. They've already lost Prescott. Now, I will say this, my good friend Joey Ikes pointed out the fact that when it comes to, there's more to it than just a salary cap. True. The Cowboys are obviously, and NFL teams in general, obviously invest the money. The amount of interest that they've made on what they will pay Dak Prescott by investing it at whatever the normal yield is for investments actually outweighs how much more they're going to have to pay him. So while we look at it from the point of view of, okay, well, you could have signed him for much cheaper, not signing him, investing that money, getting whatever the, the average rate of yield is, the Cowboys have actually made more money than what they'll end up spending in the difference of waiting to pay him the money. So if in a strictly, strictly money sense, we always operate, and I'm as guilty as anybody, we operate under the guise of the salary cap mm-hmm. and how much money you're saving against the cap. Damn. But as far as actual dollars and cents, you could take that money, invest it, and you've now made all the difference of what you're gonna end up paying Prescott to begin with. And that includes Going back to the beginning of the offseason, why haven't they signed Dak yet? Well, that money that they haven't paid him and had to put in escrow for his contract, they've invested that money and they've turned around and they flipped that. And so, if you that make money, $8 million, right there, yeah, if you make eight million dollars in actual cash off that, you know, what it, I'm just speculating eight million dollars off of that 35 million dollars that you haven't given him yet, you've made eight million dollars investing that. Then, yeah, okay, now you give him $37 million and you've made $6 million. So there's a lot more into it than what we discuss in the realm of wise decisions as far as the salary cap goes. Yeah,
0: but see, mm. see, here's the thing. If this was Jerry Jones, really, in my opinion, running this, this, mm-hmm. the, you know, the personnel cap stuff, they this thing would have been signed long a long time yeah. ago. That's Steven saying Steven no, Jones, no, no. And honestly, I, and, and, and KD, this is one of the things I've been saying over the last few years. I have a love hate relationship with Steven Jones. When it comes yeah. to uh, managing the cap, because on one hand he has he's done a phenomenal job. He's a cap wizard. Yeah. The contracts are not bad contracts, and he and we have cap room to do things, and our future cap looks good. As my, many people keep saying we we're going to be in cap hell. No, we're not. I think he's managing the cap pretty well. On the other hand. There's times mm-hmm. where I believe he is doing this, right? He's being difficult for no reason, or or we <laughs> wanted him to go get an Everson Griffin or or ET right. or whomever, and he's like, ah, I know we're going to save our coins to pay our own. Well, on one hand, you say that, and then on the other hand, we have your own has to fight. your own literally <laughs> has to fight you, <laughs> yeah. and then you negotiate through the media. So yeah, it's, it's real real like stuff. he just real makes real my real. head
3: explode, man. Hey, the time when the honey badger was out there uh only million dollars they they sit there and say we're gonna go on vacation because we don't believe in free agent signing you sign a c player like a b player and you sign a b player like an a player so there's really no room for going out there signing a free agent player i'm sitting there like
4: no look at the team that think too much
3: they think too much honey badger was on the Texans
0: for seven million dollars and you mean to tell me you you thought that Jeff Heath was okay to Dude. run out there and not honey badger. That to me, that's thinking you're doing too much. That's that stuff you you saying the, the yield and, and the this and that. Dog, just go get the goddamn guy that can play football. I think <laughs> I think it's
2: also because they be looking at that Patriot way and how they're trying to be so damn stern they on must their ain't contracts. Ain't looking, <laughs> right, you're Patriots, trying to be Peyton all Peyton yeah. But you know, but you know like what I'm saying, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what I'm saying, Sky. You know how they try to be all tough guy. Yeah, yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. and so I think I think Stephen Jones is like, yeah, we're following their model, so I'm going to be a tough guy, and you're not going to get it. And we can right. do it like this way, yeah. like you said, monster, go get that so We can get a championship. Come on, <laughs> stop playing. It's with been 25 yeah, years, so it, it don't act like we've been winning. <laughs> a lot of people say they can't wait.
1: I mean, it's callous. But people say they can't wait until Jerry sees control. Uh, let's yeah. put let's put it yeah. in those terms. <laughs> Them Jones know what you're saying, ain't
2: never giving it up, and Steven right. never said
1: it. no. <laughs> but but people are looking forward to it being out of Jerry's control. And I'm like, be careful yeah. what you ask for. Exactly, yeah. it's
0: already out.
2: It's gonna get real tight waddish
1: up in that. <laughs> listen, listen, because there's still I, I St- Stephen Jones has been in control of the team, you know, for many years. But there's still a Jerry factor to it. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about what it looks like when there's not the. Let's do it so that Jerry can see a championship before the mm. end. Of, before the end yeah, of his yeah. run, Do we do we turn said.
0: into the cheap Packers, right? Like where the Packers <laughs> don't want to spend out a single dime, right? A dime. That's what McCarthy was complaining about over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's 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 um, it's a harrowing thought that the, you know <laughs> the things that people are hoping for to be the the uh, the reason for change may not work the way that a lot of people expect it
0: to you better no, wisen no. up i mean i mean when i say wise and up i mean get with the times man aggressive yeah, you know. teams are, man. Are, are are the guys that are, are either winning the super bowl mm-hmm. or or putting themselves in position to win the super bowl get aggressive mm-hmm. that complacent shit you were with jason garrett that has to be out the window hopefully mccarthy can bring a little bit of change man how he you doing guys <laughs>
2: I don't want to hear that shit, no Oh my mouth. God,
0: this has been unbelievable. I really hope I can Man, you up. brought the fire, man, big dog. Oh my my man, flame, man.
2: You're, you're, you brought the fire, big dog. I yeah. love listening to hey, everything you was talking drop about.
0: Before you go, before we all go, drop the bomb that, that you dropped on us before the show yes. about yes. your future yes. in regards to the airwaves. Well,
1: well be, before I do that, yeah. let me first say what I told you guys when we got on the air. I am highly appreciative of what you guys are doing in this space. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal station, channel, however you wanna phrase it. Your show is outstanding. You guys, chemistry is awesome. I'm appreciative of what you guys are doing in this space. Appreciative very heavily. Thank you. As far as my personal move is going, I would love to announce to the people out there who have been asking for the last several months, year, whatever the case may be, Catch this fade is returning to the airways in July. Yeah, July. Myself, myself, and my partner in crime Patrick Walker will be reconvening the podcast. Um, I will continue to dig in his shit and embarrass him. <laughs> y'all, every used to go-
4: <laughs>
1: y'all think me? Every y'all
0: think episode. me and Big Game go ham? Go <laughs> yeah, go listen to some past catch this fade. Yeah, stuff, they, they, like I said, fade. we we.
2: We the backups, they the starters. Listen, listen, uh, <laughs> we, we,
1: we, we joke about it all the time, but me and Pat are simpatico on so many things. That's why we fight the way that we do. We, we are literally brothers on, on the microphone. Um, so you guys are in for a great ride. We have a couple things that we're gonna try to do with the show um, that, that should be pretty interesting. Um, so be on the lookout. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at, uh, at KD Drummond NFL, obviously the website at the Cowboys wire. Uh, we're going to have some stuff coming soon. And I actually have a non-sports related project that's getting ready to kick off in July as well that I've been working on. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I'm not ready to quite reveal what that is, but just a little bit of teaser. Um, to be on the lookout i'll obviously talk about it when, when it happens on twitter uh so you know some some moves trying to be made um but again i'm proud of you guys in this show right here man this has oh been a goodness. phenomenal i've never ever been on anybody's podcast <laughs> video chat whatever for two and a half hours straight and it's and it's been nothing fire it's no I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's just it's been nothing, which speaks to you guys as hosts and the camaraderie and chemistry that you have that make it so easy to just sit here and talk like that. It's it's a wonderful show, man. Congrats to you guys on this.
0: Thank you, man.
2: Hey, man, you give me chills, Katie. We we (laughs) every every every, after every show, some uh, somebody gives us like a good shout out like that. But so we're definitely gonna cut this. But I just want to, you know, behalf just for myself and maybe for the guys, man. That's just really you understand how much that really means to me and I'm sure it means to the guys. um, I mean, cause like I said, I've been following you for a long time. I've been following Patrick. Patrick's been on my couple of my shows and I've looked up to you guys uh, for a very long time since I've got into this business. Like you were one of the guys that I've been wanting to try to reach out to you because I just watched how you guys bring professionalism, but y'all funny as shit though, yeah, <laughs> shit. and it's is is and how y'all be cutting people is funny, and I disrespect everything about it. For you to actually be on our podcast like Patrick was, I mean, and say what you said is just really amazing and very humbling. I just really grateful for that.
3: Yeah, Katie, nah, man, this- and I, Yeah, just to echo off of what what he what big game James is saying is, we don't like the Cowboys. We love them. And yeah. we, when I wake up early in the morning, I know a thousand people can contest to this too. Before I even say, I, I say my prayers before I get out of the bed to wash my face and brush my teeth. I pull up Twitter, I pull up uh, uh, <laughs> Google, right. and I check the Dallas Cowboys information yeah. to see what's going on. I know some other people do the, the exact same oh, yeah. thing, and it' been many of times. KD Drummond, you know yeah. KD okay mm-hmm. Cowboys why KD man Twitter. listen KD it's getting posted on my Big Game right James Facebook
2: page yeah. all your stuff be on
3: all there your <laughs> stuff. all your stuff all your articles yeah. all, when, yeah. all your stuff man when when, when Cowboys so. get a chance to speak yeah, yeah when yeah, Cowboys go ahead, go ahead.
0: crunch time wasn't uh-huh. when I didn't see it on my thing anymore I was like whoa wait a minute hey, what happened on yeah. we're catching my face I, I, I really do enjoy listening to y'all because not only like you said are you guys entertaining um, but you're very informative and, and you bring yeah. a different uh, aspect to, uh, you know, fandom and insider and, 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 and journalism that we don't really get all the time, right? Because it's a lot yeah. of yellow journalism right now, and you're familiar yeah, with fake that fake ass word,
2: journalism but out there. Right, but
0: I would try to be, use the professional one, but yes, there's I, lot got, of I got you. About. I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Don't> go <flying. laughs> sorry. There's a lot of that, but I don't get that with you guys. It never did, um, right. and we respect it a whole lot. So, and I like he said, this show. And what we do, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, speaking, just like what James said, I watch from BTB and from listening right. to y'all. I'm like, man, this is what I want to do. How do I yeah. do it? And to it's hear your inspiring. story, how it started, man, that's motivation. Because yeah. I, I was yeah. in the same yeah. fan post. I you can go <laughs> check. I got tons of fan <laughs> posts in there. And yeah. I'm like, I just want somebody. To be like, hey, man, you want to come write for us? And then that's kind of how it really did start. But, yeah. um, man, we appreciate everything you've done and yeah. everything you're going to be doing and being on this show, and hopefully this ain't the last time, because Nah, nah, (laughs)
3: no Like I say, man, we check y'all out, man and for me to speak to you is just fantastic, and on top of that I read y'all stuff and then I go read the DallasCowboys.com because I know it's gonna be a little bit But I know I'm gonna get the good stuff from you guys. You know? hey. and, and no no shot at the Dallas.com, you know. Yeah, I mean they, us, they, know, they, they, us, they, have they have they have they a lane got they got have,
1: have a lane that they have to operate in, you know yeah, what I'm they saying? Got a lane That's to operate
2: how... in. Hey, I don't give a hell. I was <laughs> no, like No, but
1: look, but but look, speaking of that, hey, I don't mean to I don't mean to hold you guys on too long. Nah, you, ain't holding
0: that, nah, you know man, what I'm saying? The
1: the lane the lane that I'm afforded to be in being on the blog side and not having access to the team um you know you know real real story the cowboys don't allow bloggers to be Part of their media scrums. They they don't allow you to get press credentials and all that kind of stuff. You have to be with a major organization before you did that. So coming up the way that I did of being strictly on the fan side, um, but learning everything that I could about the game, about the draft, about the salary cap, and all of those sorts of things that I sat there and taught myself. Not not taught myself. I had some great, great mentors that helped me out along the way. Um, But I did. I put the work in myself to to get myself in this position. But seeing how other people have to move, the mm-hmm. people that are on the radio, the people that you know have to stand in front of them. I'm afforded the luxury of not having to worry about any of that. You know what right. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's that's what and you know, I'll beg up my guy. That's what makes Patrick's rise so incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. So nice. great to Ooh. see. Yeah. Patrick came from where I came from, and now he has the ticket. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Now yeah. now he's yeah. in that lane. Mm-hmm. And he's thriving mm-hmm. and he's showing that the way that we do it is really what the people want
2: yes. to have. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. It's what the
1: people want out of their coverage. Mm. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't, you know, count town. he doesn't kiss anybody's ass or anything mm. like that. He yeah. gives it straight up, but in the way that we know how it's being official and, and, and real about how he approaches the way that he does what everybody else has already been doing. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air. The media market is changing. Everything about the way that sports and news are covered is changing. And to see the lane that we can now create when mm. not just we have control of our own product, but to do it in these ways. I'm, I'm You know, I, like you said, I came from the pan pages. I run a site for USA Today Network. Patrick's with wow. CBS Sports. Like, Motivation, man. bruh. Motivation, you know what I'm saying? Like,
4: yeah.
1: that that I'm, I'm so proud of us. And so when I tell you that I love what y'all are doing here, trust me that I'm speaking in that vein. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking in that vein. Please keep doing what y'all are doing. Don't let this fall in any way, shape, or form. Keep doing this, okay? Sir.
2: Got you.
0: Yes, sir. are right. The just, word.
2: That was listen, the spoken word. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's another, <laughs>
0: that's another clue that's bomb. That's a clue bomb. <laughs> hey, anything yeah. you want to plug
1: before you get up out of here? Nah, man. Like I said, just be on the lookout for this move that I'm about to make. That's uh, actually going to be outside of sports. I'm, I'm diving into something um, that's also close to my heart. Uh, nothing, not as close to the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are kind of we we're we're not in a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all separating. Separated, y'all not talking. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sleeping in. We're sleeping <laughs> in different beds until until Jerry Jones makes a statement.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh, I see so, you what know. you did dude. You know, you know
1: uh, it, it's, it's the last several years have been a little bit bumpy for my, for the way that I normally show affection for, for this organization. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, we all came from the same place. I used to watch, I'm from DC. I used to watch the Cowboys on my mom's kitchen TV when mm-hmm. they played on the Baltimore stations. If you're in DC, you used to get the, the fuzzy Baltimore stations on the TV. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the squiggly lines, I used to be all like right. this trying yeah, to make yeah. out Emmitt Smith, you know what I'm saying? So I go all the way back in this fandom and I would love to see them rise again. But in the in the current climate that we're in, I would love to see them be leaders. The Cowboys organization is supposed to be leading the pack. And I would really just love to see them do that on, on this front man. So um, hopefully we'll get some, some of those moves and, and I can return to being 100% committed. As you see behind me on my wall, I don't have anything Cowboys up. This I is see. like the yeah. first time in a long time that I haven't done that. Um, but I'm hoping that they give me a reason to restore that pride. It has nothing to do with their their performance on the field. I just yeah. I, I want them, I want to them. see them be the yeah I want I want I want them to be the leaders that they're supposed to be in this sport, mm-hmm. um, in this world. You know what I'm saying? So uh, hopefully it gets back to that. Yeah, hopefully it gets back to that, um, mm-hmm. and, and and we can be proud of them not just with what they do on the field, but who they are as an organization. So, you know, we'll see. We'll, well see. We're spoken.
0: Well spoken. Unbelievable stuff. Y'all know the trail, right? If I don't press this button, we won't You know, go.
2: you hear that music, you yeah. know what the hell about to happen. That oh. means
0: <laughs> it's time to go, KD. And hey, we ain't coming back. We all leave. Oh, no, we out for the night, fam. It's, we it's all, all leaving. All right, hey, appreciate you guys. All the donations, all the Donation. new members, all the new subscribers. KD, yeah, gentlemen, Cowboys Wire. Check him out. On behalf of me, Silver Blue Nation, Law Nation, y'all have a good night. We out. Peace. Peace. Hello.